Greetings and welcome guys, gals, and non-binary pals to episode 339 of the Words About Games podcast, the weekly news, culture, and gaming podcast for Words About Games. I'm your host, not doing a joke for the for the for what this podcast is, like I did last week. Amy K. Alexander joined this week by Pikachu himself. <laughs> Wait, we're not allowed to make jokes? No, we're not allowed to make jokes. What? It has to no? Be, we have to be super serious all the time so that people get... Wait, what? But I want to continue are whining about people Skyrim and Hogwarts. Jokes are banned. Why would I want... What? what? <laughs> Wait, I thought this is what we're here for. Talk no. about Skyrim and Hogwarts. That can't sound dirty when I thought of it there. That's the idea. That's the idea. Did it take you, did it take you this long to get that? <laughs> I'm going to Skyrim myself. <laughs> oh, good God. I hope you enjoyed your Skyrim and your Hogwarts, you assholes. There's the question. There we go. There Bye. We go. There we go. Assholes. How is everybody? I hope everyone's well. I've had an okay week. And I'm guessing maybe Amy has. Not really sure. Well, how's your week been, Amy? Let's get into it. My, my, no, I don't I, know why I was this. I, I, had a good, I had a good week. We're doing anything. Um, We're doing I, a thing. I had a good week. I, I, I saw someone on Twitter use the phrase "reclaim my reclaiming my peace," where it was like they'd been like yeah. they just took a weekend off, basically. So I was like, I'm gonna both do that, but also use that term. So I spent the weekend reclaiming my peace after last week's nightmare. <laughs> um the podcast the and, ev- and and everything that preceded it and followed it yeah um yeah so i watched vox machina season two still awesome um i have to fight the temptation because like you could just watch critical role to know what happens next and because i'm like i want to know what happens next you could just watch critical role but like no i'm enjoying it in cartoon form i don't know what happens <laughs> so what they do so what they've done on the normal critical role is what's going to be episodes of the show yeah so they just oh, adapt- that's really interesting that. they're, never, that's yeah, they're, really smart they're adapting their D game basically are they um, the ones voicing it in yes they're the voice actors for it and like they've got people in to help them sort of like hone it down into like tv as opposed to like because like they have like each session for them lasts like three or four hours so you got to try and like crunch down, crunch down like a story arc into a season um, of television, and they've done a really good job because it's really good. <laughs> but it is it is them, it is them doing the voices for the for the characters. Well, that's amazing. Um, and then they yeah, and then after that, when I realized I had nothing to watch, I watched Deep Space Nine. <laughs> Who doesn't like watching the best Star Trek out there? It is the best <laughs> Star Trek out there. But I did something I don't... Because I've seen Deep Space Nine before, and we've had this talk before. Yeah. I usually just skip straight at season four, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I did something different this time, Moody. I started from Wait, season what? one. You start... I was going to say, you started season seven. I've, I've, yeah. <laughs> I watched the last ten episodes. <laughs> the giant arc of the... <laughs> I, yeah, no, I started right from the beginning, and I'm just not skipping any episodes, which is interesting, because, like, I'll, an episode will start, yeah. and I'll be like... Oh no! Like Rumpelstiltskin comes out of Chief O'Brien's quarters, and I'm like, "Oh, this one," but I'm not skipping it. <laughs> so we watched that, and it's like, "Oh, that was terrible." <laughs> What's the next episode? Oh, Cisco gets trapped in a game. Oh no! <laughs> oh no! I think that is probably their arguably their worst episode ever. Um, it's it it cr- it crashes through the floor of being a bad episode and becomes so bad it's actually kind of funny. 
Yeah, like, it's yeah. very entertaining to watch how terrible this episode is. And it's like, yeah. I know Deuce Space Nine gets really great. Like, there's oh. some amazing episodes. There's one of the best episodes in the series is in the first season. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah, yeah cool. Yeah. Like, once I get to that, I know I'm good, right? Um, yeah. But it is interesting how, like, Deep Space Nine season one, right? <clears throat> Apart from the first episode and the last couple of episodes, all of the other episodes, you could just take take them out and plug them into a different Star Trek. <laughs> like, yeah. From the time, and it would be, it'd be exactly the same. Like, yeah. Like, one of the best episodes of season one, if I remember right, is season one, is the uh, Kira Cardassian guy yeah. one. That's yeah. phenomenal. It's one of the best it's, episodes of the series. It's also especially a, with how powerful and it kind of resonates so much today. So, so right? So I was thinking yeah. about Deep Space Nine while I was, while I was like, not watching it. And I was like, some, yeah. of, the, some of the episodes of Deep Space Nine are probably more relevant today than, than they were in the 90s when they came out. And I was like, holy shit. Like, you know, like, you watch that episode with the Cardassian, it's called Duet, and it's one of the best episodes of Deep Space Nine. And then the next episode is the one where um, Wynn turns up, played by Louise Fletcher from the finale, and it's the thing with the school and the the stuff, and I was like, this is fucking, this is a banger as well. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. It's insane. It really is insane how... Uh, so some just sweetness in first season, but it does sadly get panned a lot. The first season as well, which um, is sort of understandable. Understandable, I do, I do agree, I do see it, but yeah, it's yeah. And Deepest no, Nine is peak Star Trek. This is no slight on on Alexander uh, Sinek, but Doctor Bashir in the first season is genuinely the fucking worst, and I hate him so much. He is, yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. He's so annoying. He really, he only gets better when he starts having his obviously his bromance with uh, Miles. Yeah, because they're not which even that friends start yet. Though for a while, yeah, yeah. They, like they don't like each other. Or Miles doesn't like him at all. <laughs> Doc, Doctor, yeah, it, that is, you know, that's a terror. It's a, the, the episode where they have to go to Beja and 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 O'Brien. It's funny. It's a funny episode episode because o'brien's really funny in it but it's also a bad episode but like yeah it's like dr bashir's entire personality right now is basically just dax dax yeah must marry her (laughs) like i don't know how to say it he's fucking awful (laughs) he is yeah um but i know he gets better um so it's all good a lot better yeah he does get a lot better i would still say i would say for me He's, I'll stay, I've never had a, f- a fixation with Crusher. Like, Crusher for me is still the worst doctor. So, for me, like, Bashir is above her. Let's see uh, what happens like, in the next 10 weeks, though. Yeah. Yeah. They might <laughs> fix Crusher in the next 10 weeks with the new Picard season okay, coming out the final. How can you hate Dr. Crusher? She had sex with a fucking ghost that came out of a candle. <laughs> well, why That's wasn't real. Sex? If you've never seen Star Trek, <laughs> that really happened. <laughs> yeah. Well, I didn't have sex with that ghost, so I can't comment on this. <laughs> If I had sex with that ghost and it was amazing, then maybe I might relate might relate with her. This is a Scottish ghost that just comes out of a can. It's like, yeah, let's let's bone down, let's scare let's him on Hogwarts. <laughs> Imagine filming that episode. Right, because it's CGI. So she's just in the fucking chair by herself. So it's just like, what the fuck's happening? Okay. It's weird. Go. It reminds me of a story that Will Wheaton told on a podcast once about filming Star Trek The Next Generation. Because <clears throat> obviously the front is just a hole 
<laughs> of the bridge, like where the cameras and the crew and stuff are. And like it, he was talking about how the episode, the very first episode where Wesley walks around the bridge and he's looking around going, oh my God, this is amazing. And like apparently the director of the episode, <clears throat> while he was doing that scene, was just off camera, was just off camera sh- screaming at him and being like, being like, this is amazing. Captain Picard controls all of this. <laughs> it's just like, oh, wow. <laughs> That's intense for, for a scene where the kid is just walking around going. <laughs> His face tells us everything. Shut up, you stupid director. But, uh, but, either way. <laughs> but yeah, no, we should do a spinoff podcast. We should do a Deep Space Nine rewatch podcast. A Star Trek podcast. I mean, I yeah. I have that in me. No, just a, just a Deep Space Nine rewatch podcast. <laughs> well, I have to catch up with you then. <laughs> just, no, I'll start again. <laughs> I'll go, I can start oh, again, Moody. I'll right. start again. <laughs> for the content, Moody. For the content. <laughs> Do a 30 minute podcast every week about how awesome Deep Space Nine is. Even when it's bad, it's still awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Even when it's bad, it's still awesome, guys. What do you mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Deep Space Nine is great. But you know what's great right now? Pikachu. The Last of Us. <laughs> Holy shit, Amy. Yeah, you, they haven't spoiled it for you, have they? I've played Has the, the game. internet spoiled it? <laughs> I know what happens. Has the internet spoiled it for you, though? Uh, so, very unsurprised. You might be unsurprised to learn that since the reviews of a certain game dropped that shall remain nameless, The Last of Us hasn't really made much of a penetration on my Twitter. <laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> Nothing else has made much of an impression on my Twitter. <laughs> that's good. No, that's good to hear. But no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously, the, you know probably the, what the finale of that episode is and everything like that. But it's still like the episode itself is still like just phenomenal. Like, yeah, it's so well done. Well, the thing is, it's like knowing something. I can't wait to see, like I say, I cannot wait to see what you think of this. Sure. Knowing something that's going to happen, but then like if it's well, if it's like well done, right? It's yeah. still good. Like, yeah. you know, I've watched tons of show, TV shows in the past where it's like I've managed to figure out what's the big twist is or what's going to happen next but if it's good it's still good right <laughs> no doubt about it. i agree with that there's no doubt but when it's but all then... out i'm gonna i'm gonna just binge it because i want to try and like really compartmentalize all of that pain and trauma in as short a time span as possible um, that's fair that's fair we'll do a podcast about it sweet so i've got something here Amy, that is i forgot was gonna get delivered um, I thought, you know what? I'll leave it and maybe unbox it on the podcast. Is it a PSVR 2? No. Okay. <laughs> it's a Funko Pop, Amy. Oh. It's, it's been a, a while since Funko. you've unboxed a Funko Pop on a podcast. I know. Bringing it back. We're bringing it back to 2022 when it was a lot more calmer. Kind of. Maybe. Who knows? Was it? I don't remember anymore. <laughs> I can't remember either, yeah. But... Time is the fire in which we burn. It's, not a Star Trek it's time quote. to show off the brand new Funko Pop of Turok Maktar from Avatar. Oh, Avatar. It took me a minute. The, I, I, I didn't the best film of 2022. Right, Joseph? Where have you been, mate? You've been so silent of late, Joseph. Joseph okay, Medfoss, okay. where have you maybe, been? Let's just, maybe let's just chill. <laughs> Two billion dollars, Joseph. Dollars does Where's not Sonic? Quality. Where's Sonic in two in this? It kind of does a little bit. <laughs> not really. <laughs> Objectively, it shows that people are interested to go and see the movie many, many times. That is correct. But 
I've got to I've got to sniff this thing. Oh, <laughs> he's just like, I'm not deleting this episode. <laughs> oh, we're gonna have to start again. We just had a really nice talk about Deep Space Nine. So I've kept this box until this episode. I thought, uh, I'll do it here. So I haven't seen this sure. bad boy. But oh my goodness, he's a sexy fucker. Oh my giddy aunt. He's a big boy. Taruk Makto. Last Shadow. That means, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Exactly Rider talking of about. Last Shadow. Rider of Joseph Medforce's Last Shadow. That went dark. <laughs> but a little yes. bit, yeah, a little bit. Maybe take it back a notch. Maybe I am joking, it down. <laughs> Joseph. I am joking, Joseph. I love you. <laughs> I'm just sending him a message. Oh. I apologize <laughs> for <In> everything. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? What's happening? <laughs> for everything we said <laughs> on the podcast. <laughs> once, again, once again. Once <laughs> again. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't bought anything fun. It's not fair. You were out today as well. <laughs> I know, but I bought like a, I needed a new jacket because my, my hoodie had like you know when the elbows start getting holes in them. Yes. So I had to buy a hoodie, and then I bought Edge magazine, which is fun, but I haven't read it yet, so I can't say anything about it. The cover looks nice, like. <laughs> cool. Um, and I bought a soda stream, but I haven't used it yet. <laughs> okay. It saves a lot of money, so. That's good. And you can make cool soda. That's good. Yeah. Might Time to a... get on with it, Andy. I was about I was about to do a second thing where I was like, I might buy a video game this week, even though it's... that'd be wild. <laughs> <clears throat> I literally so I I played the last video game I played was Titanfall two, because spoiler alert, that's I'm I'm like three quarters of the way through a script about it. I've been playing it with Keith. Um apart from that though, like the last new game I played was Forspoken and that was like two weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> I had the, the rigmarole at the beginning though. I had the video game beaten out of me like <laughs> over oh, wow. the last couple of weeks. And the the, the joy of video games <laughs> forcibly extracted. But it's fine. It'll come back. Um what I don't we need to figure I need to figure out how to make the rigmarole part of the beginning of the podcast. Right? Or do you think it works here if I just go, hey, this podcast is up on YouTube and all the other places. <laughs> you got to keep going. You know that. <laughs> you already started this. <laughs> Timestamps, coffee.com, slash words about games. Might stream again sometime soon. That was all. The, the the joy of streaming was also beaten out of me forcibly over the last couple of weeks. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, Understandably. Oh, God. Could you imagine? I didn't want to go live. Like, what was funny was, like, the, the main day I would have been able to go live last week would have been Friday. <laughs> like, oh, God. So I, and I thought about it. <laughs> I thought, oh, it's fr like Friday. And then I went. No, God, it's Friday. <laughs> for, for, for audio listeners, I just shook my head like, no, nope. <laughs> I'm not going live and you can't make me. <laughs> So shut up. <laughs> I'm gonna watch the Star Trek. <laughs> anyway. So the main Just like topic... we can't make you not to buy a video game. You can't make Amy go live. 
can't make anyone go live or not watch Star Trek of some kind. I feel like I'm always watching some kind of Star Trek at all points in my life. Like my Paramount Plus, like continue watching Star Trek is all different stuff. It's just all different. (laughs) (laughs) That's all I've ever watched on it. I don't know if I've told you this story before on the podcast or just privately, but we were talking about like different streaming services, like in a group once and someone, and I said, I happened to mention I have Paramount Plus and someone someone goes, Oh, is that, is that good? Is it like, is Paramount Plus any good? And I went, it doesn't matter. It's got Star Trek on it. (laughs) Like, Star Trek, baby. I'm subscribed for Star Trek. The, the the rest of the library could be terrible. I wouldn't be able to tell you about it because I haven't watched it. I've just watched Star Trek, and I will continue. I will continue just to, use it. to just use Paramount Plus for Star Trek, for Star Trek. <laughs> and nothing else. <laughs> um, apart Amy, from we, f- we forgot about one thing. Apart from Prime Video, because that's where Star Trek cards happen. What do we forget about? The Mercedes have released their new cool-looking car. Oh, yeah. And God, she looks sexy. Looks... She I don't, don't want to hear it. She better be fucking fast. I don't want to fucking hear it. Because you said this this time last year. Ooh, that car looks sexy. And it looked like it had springs underneath it. It was shit. I remember watching Baku. Oh, my God. Lewis Hamilton, bless him. Lewis Hamilton was broken. Yeah. Must have been like being on the bridge of the Enterprise in the 60s. Oh, no, my camera went out of focus. Anyway, main topic this week. Come on, Mercedes, you can do it. Is, this isn't the main topic, but this is what, like, start, this is where we're going to start to lead into the main topic. Um, because I want to quickly give out my forspoken impressions. Because I told you a couple of weeks ago, I said, I'm probably going to play this. And I did. Yes, you did. Um, I played for about five or six hours. Everyone's whining about the game made you go, I'm going to play this game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's literally true. <laughs> more, more or less. Um, kind of, I guess. Um, that's exactly what happened. So I played it. It's a it's a, a action open world role playing game. So everything else you already... If you picture any one of those types of games, you already know what this game is. <laughs> um, you know, you play as Freya, she gets transported to a magical world where she's like the chosen one or something and she's got to save everybody. And uh, when she gets transported through, she gets this um, like bracer thing and, and it talks to her and it helps her do magic. You know, the like the clip that's been going around Twitter, I just moved that with my mind, you know. Um, and it's called Cuff. And he has a British accent. <laughs> I'm really going in on the details because this is a very unmemorable game that I don't remember a lot of. <laughs> I'm trying to like grapple to the few things that I do remember. <laughs> yeah. And that was one of them. Um like it's okay. Like the there's a lot of cool stuff in there. And I'm just gonna say it right now, like I don't know why everybody went mental about the <clears throat> about the the dialogue. <laughs> Like, that's one of the best parts of the game. <laughs> that's not a high part, I clear. But the the back and forth between Frey and Cuff that everybody was, like, whining about, it was pretty good. I enjoyed it. It's exactly what you would find in, like, a Marvel movie in terms of, like, the like the, the type of banter. Yeah. Um, and the style of the dialogue. And, you know, I liked Frey and Cuff together, arguing with each other and bantering with each other. Um... The story, I don't know what the fuck was happening. <laughs> it's one of those things, really, right? Where you know you you drop into a new fantasy world 
and they throw a lot of fucking names and places and shit at you. <laughs> Things that happened in the past. It's a lot to take in. It's even more to take in when it's like this, just very generic. <laughs> so you're not really paying that much attention to what everybody's telling you. <clears throat> um, so I wasn't really on board with the story, but like the gameplay was pretty good. Like the the gameplay is really interesting because you're not. If you look at Forspoken, you'd think it's like a melee game. Like you run around yeah. and beat things up. But it's not. You actually use like. You actually just use magic 100% of the time. Um. So you have all sorts of different spells that you can use on the enemies that you fight. Um, and it's a very interesting... I don't want to say it's a good system. It's it's different. Um, and like I'm, the combat was fine, I guess. Um, but it wasn't... Again, it didn't really blow me away in any way. Like, one of the things you can do in this game is you can find these optional dungeons out in the open world. And... They're basically just straight combat arenas. So you go through like three different arenas and then you fight a mini boss. And those were simultaneously the thing that I probably enjoyed doing the most, but also like never like blew me away. Like the, the, and maybe that like opens up because I know like they, part of the game is you have to go and fight these four. I think there's four of them. Um, they're like, you, you, you have to like kill the four evil queens or whatever and you'll get their powers. So like you get more different power sets as you move through the game maybe as it opens up and you have different options it gets better um yeah. but for me like the combat was just very dull the story was very dull the banter between the characters was good um and then the open world was terrible <laughs> it was terrible like i know i'm not the biggest open world fan but i've enjoyed open world games like i i played elden ring last year and it was like one of my top games of the year but to play a Forspoken's open world, it felt like it felt like they just cut and pasted like stuff from other open world games and just dropped it in, and it was really unengaging. Like, like the, I mentioned the dungeons, right? It's like you can find a place where you can go into a dungeon that takes you to a different set of levels, and then once you're done, you come back out, and then like all the other open world stuff was just like if you go here, like to get like a an extra ability you get ability points like through like finding monuments yeah and all you do is you walk up to the monument and you hit it a couple of times and it breaks the rocks around it and then that's it you're done <laughs> ta-da you got the, the level ups like ta-da you get some other thing by jumping in a pool and then there's a cutscene and then it's done and it's just like at no point are you engaging me here <laughs> There was a mini bus on a hill, and I was like, "Cool, something to something to actually interact with in this open world." And then it's like, "No, you way too under leveled for this mini bus." <laughs> oh, I'm dead. Great. <laughs> Guess I can't do that. Fantastic. And like, there are other like little things to do in in this open world, but again, I don't remember them because they were so fucking boring. Like, I wanted to like this game because I liked the characters. And the combat was was okay, so I was like, "That can get me through this game," but like having to go through that open world and like it just nah, man, it wasn't very good. Like the yeah. open world specifically and the things that you do in it, and even just like mainlining the main story, like the main story, and ignoring all of the the side stuff. It's like you've still got to then go from point A to point B, and if you're ignoring everything on the way, you there's nothing. <laughs> <laughs> you're just jumping up some hills and getting attacked by creatures every every little little like amount of time and 
And then that just became frustrating because <laughs> like, I just want to get to the place to do the thing. Please <laughs> show me a cutscene. Um, yeah, I understand you. So those are my first spoken uh, impressions, thoughts. I don't know why I thought I would like the game. But I didn't hate it. I do want to I do want to stress that I didn't hate it. Um but I thought we could use my impressions of First Spoken to have a bigger conversation about just open worlds in general. Because it really was such a big sticking point for me, like how flavorless this open world was. And we've both mm. loved open worlds in the past. But I don't know like what kind of conversation we were gonna have. Like I I I messaged you about it and I sent you like a bunch of stuff. Um about what we could talk about. Like, why are open? Why are so much? Why are some open worlds just so full of things? So full of so little interaction. <laughs> Where it's like, like I said, with the monuments thing, it's like, oh, you go and get it, you skill up, skill level up, and you run to the thing, and it takes you like five minutes, and you go, bam, bam, and then it's done. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I guess it really all ultimately. Get- when it comes to that for spoken and everything like that, it seems like it's a game that was just poorly managed, managed and poorly designed. When it comes to that type of aspect, when it comes to like just open worlds in general, like it was last year, we talked about open world fatigue and everything. And I think it's basically sure. a mixture of that. I think what hurts, I think open world fatigue only happens is if you have a bad experience when you get to an open world game. Sadly, right now you've had not a great experience with the for spoken open world. Which was just like, it just seems like it's just bad game design for it. It's going off what you've told me. I have not played this game. So if you want to, Peter, listeners, take what I say with a pinch of salt. I'm only going off what sure. I've been told and what I've seen with my own eyes. Um, the game, does, the game. I think also, like just doesn't look fun in general. So if like other things impact the fun on this game, or, or in open world games in general, or in even any game, but in general, but obviously the topics about open worlds, Sure. Um, I think that can really hurt. So, like you're saying, you, like you've complained, you, you've made note about hitting, a, hitting the rock twice just to get the power and everything. Why could not have been something else? You know, like you have to do a couple of things to do to, to maybe unlock it up to be able to smash this thing and everything. It's again just bad design and everything. But because of, because they've done bad design, they've sucked you out of the world and everything, which was already what it sounds like pretty barren in the first place yeah. so yeah so that just makes it even worse for you so that so on top of that when the story is not en- enjoyable for you it just sucks the life out of the world in general what you really want to try and get to know and enjoy and it's just like it's just stuff point on point on point on point of just negatives when you've got one only what it sound like the only real one good thing you said about was the the banter between the characters, the two main characters, it's not, it doesn't leave you with enough. You, you're, 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 what's that oh, weight scale thing? Scales. Yeah, well, your, your scales is like so high of negative and so low with a positive. It's, it's like, it's more just it like, just sucks, it sucks the energy out of the open world in general for you, which is just disappointing. It's more just like a lot of. Uh, what what would be in between negative and positive? Just like a lot of like just meh, and like it just slowly like builds up <clears throat> on one side, yeah. and then eventually my I guess my end result, my end reaction was just to actually go yeah meh, which is cool. If you yeah. love the game and stuff, that's fine. Like yeah, and this yeah. is just my personal opinion. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Like 
it all like playing Elden Ring last year, like like I've talked about on on podcasts and stuff. Like it always felt like there was like I was gonna go in a direction and some there was gonna be some. You know what I mean? <laughs> I was gonna find something in Forspoken. Everything's on the map, so you can see it, and you just click a drop a drop a waypoint to it, and then you go to it, and then it's like it's nothing really that exciting. Like, you know, you're not going to, I'm not going to suddenly roll around a corner and there's going to be something amazing there. At this point, I'm pretty sure I'm not going to just walk around a corner and forspoken and go, oh shit, this is so cool. Like, I feel like I would, that would have happened at least once by now. Um, but like the thing you say about open, like I've thought a lot about open world fatigue, you know, especially when we, since we talked about it last year, cause I kind of diagnosed myself with open world fatigue and I just feel like. When a, when a genre comes out and it's new, right? It's like everything about it is new. So like when Open Worlds first came out, like when, sorry, that's that's a poor phrase. When game design started putting Open Worlds in their games, like every, mainstream. everything was new. So you were like, oh, this yeah. is pretty cool. But like, I suppose like you have to kind of either keep making in like engaging worlds or you have to keep doing new stuff. To, to like keep it up right because eventually like if i've played like for because the thing i would say about forspoken's open world is it generally feels like i've played it before um like i've done all these things before in, in an open world like yeah <laughs> there's a basic tick list i think they hit for open worlds and if they just stick to that and don't and don't add anything else on top of it to flush out the world even more then yeah it becomes a little bit stale like there's one game like i'll say this like spider-man Spider-Man, one of my favorite games when it came out. The open, the open world is basic. It's a basic oh, yeah. bitch open world. There's yeah. no doubt about that. Um, the stuff you go to collect is basic bitch stuff. What you always do in an open world. The fucking because ch- of- I have nightmares about chasing those fucking birds around. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, uh, getting to the clouds were a pain in the backside as well. Yeah, um, but no. But what what helps that game so much is that not only because it's Spider Man, everyone relates to Spider Man for the most part. They love that character, and it's a character everyone has. A lot of people have grown up with. Um, but then you throw in with the incredible story, the incredible gameplay, the incredible just swinging across doing yeah. in that in that villa, in that city. The negatives are lower, or the met things are lower compared to the high things. There's so much more positive compared to that. So that kind of got a little bit of a pass, I think, when it came to its open world design overall. I still think it's a good open world design. I just think it's not groundbreaking yeah. or anything like that. Like if you um, if you weren't Spider Man swinging through New York City because the swinging was fun. Like it's one of the only yeah. open world games where it's like. I've never even used the fucking fast travel <laughs> yeah, <laughs> until I yeah, until yeah. I had to get the trophy for it because I was getting the platinum. I never bothered with it um, because it's just so much fun to move around in. So like, yeah. you drop these activities in there, which not which if I really thought about the open world and what you do in Spider Man, um, probably weren't great. But I was doing that thing where I was like chasing the birds was fucking awful, but I was swinging about like Spider Man, and it was fun yeah. to do. Um, so that's probably Everyone why I dreamed about doing that. Like <laughs> yeah. if it was just like, a, if, if it was just like the, if the character was, was Frey from Forspoken in that world, just on all I could do was run and parkour, which again, you know, it's, it's, it's okay. Like the running and the parkouring, but I probably wouldn't have platinum Spider-Man because I probably would have got sick of doing the open world activities to get the trophy. Probably. Um, Especially as the combat wasn't great for sports, Forspoken, like you said. Yeah. It just didn't, it didn't click with you and everything. So that does, like I say, it brings down the neck, it brings down the menace. 
and it just doesn't work. And it's, that's that's the shame about it. Like it's just finding that right balance. Like one game, like I'll, scroll, I'll go to Horizon last year, Horizon Two. Open world's massive, massive, <laughs> probably a little too big. Um, but I think the thing that uh, the world is vibrant, it's luscious, it's disgustingly amazing. I won't lie; it's like what they've done for that world was amazing. Especially with the world, with the robotic dinosaurs and everything, it's like it's all interactive and works really, really well. But the thing that pushed me away from that game was the character, yeah, and the story. And I was just like, you may have a good open world, but because you haven't got this, you got a character who's just like making me not want to play her, kind of what making me want to climb sure. the top of the mountain and jump off it without grabbing onto my pterodactyl just, or bird, whatever, to fly away. Away, you know? don't do that in the VR game. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh my goodness, yeah. I saw, video, I saw a video of that on Twitter. And it's, I'm just like, I'm never going to play this game, ever, ever. Even if I get a PSVR 2, it's not happening. Yeah, um, that's, fair, that's fair. No, because yeah, like with, with Horizon, even I, like, even I got, sick of that game i um like quite early on anyway and i think i might try and replay it at some point because i really i loved zero dawn so like maybe it was a me thing um but like when you go around the open world and stuff like you know there's things to do like fighting dinosaurs is fun like because it's that whole like pulling them apart and pulling the armor plates off and and like i've always really engaged with the combat and also the things that you're finding like yeah sure there's a lot of open world shit which is the new term that I've decided for for collectibles, which don't do anything. <laughs> That's what I'm going to call them from now on. Um, but you also find like quests and side quests, and like, I remember there was like one where it's like I found a cave, and then someone came running out of the cave, and they were like, "You gotta help me, man!" And then I was like, "Oh, fine, I'll help you." And there was a whole like platforming combat swimming thing inside of it, and I was like, "That was cool, like that I found that." Um. Like I just yeah, an open world needs something to it, right? Like yeah. we all got kind of bored of a set of Assassin's Creed open worlds a few years ago. Um, where it's like, hey, I remember there was one really egregious one when I was reviewing games. I think it was Far Cry Four, where I was like, mm. I was doing the the open world stuff, and it was the open world in that game is annoying because like enemies are constantly attacking you all the time, and it's like I'm just trying to get to the next mission. Leave me alone. Yeah. Um. But even then, that had some funny stuff. Where I remember I, I parked my car, I stopped the car to have a look at the map so I could see where I was going. A fucking bear came out of the bush, so I swiped the car, and I was like, "This is this is awesome <laughs> that this happened." But I remember, like, I found a, I, I found a mask in a cave, um, and it didn't do anything. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, it's a collectible. How many more are there? Like, eight? Nine? Then there was, like, fucking 60 of them. And I was like, are you having a fucking laugh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's annoying and then just pain in the ass. There's no doubt about that. Uh, like, it's just, they feel like, I think a lot of game developers just feel like they have to put tons of stuff in to make you go and do loads of collectibles and i'm just like make them worthwhile the one the most the best one for me off the top of my head was probably the witcher 3 mm, like yeah. that one like you do something and it actually impacts what happens in the world mm -hmm. for the most part there's some that obviously didn't just like i think i'm pretty sure there's a level where you go and get a frying pan or am i thinking there of is. a different game that was in yeah the, yeah that was in the little tutorial island yeah this woman locked, yeah. locked herself in there's a frying pan she, yeah that was a quest yeah yeah but but 
that was also but one of somehow, the first quests. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, but like they did it so seamlessly and it was so well. Like then, then you just then you just your eyebrows raise like fuck. Go say how the fuck did you fuck up Cyberpunk? <laughs> you, you know, you just go how the hell did you do this, you muppets? But uh, either way, um, yeah, Witcher was absolutely amazing. Witcher three, it's just like one of the best open worlds out there. Is it probably like probably still a little bit too big? Yes, Cheers, yeah. but that's your choice at the same time of how you want to play that game. You can do a couple of side quests and then go pushing through onto the heart to the story for hardcore and for a bit and everything. And that's like, we'll see how it, it's just really depends on how you really want to play it. Um, do, you, do you think, all right, hear me out here. Do you think maybe what's happened is, because like the, the thing, and I don't see this as much, now like nowadays as i did sort of five maybe five ten years ago like where where publishers when they were marketing their open world games one of the big things that they would market was how big the world was like oh this world is fucking huge it's this many kilometers by this many kilometers like the the thing with dying light where it was like if you walk from here to here it'll take it this long um do you think the problem there is like maybe these open worlds have become too big in terms of like their actual physical size and it feels like if you don't want to make an empty world as a as like a person developing this that you have to have something like in in all the different places right like you have to have something for players to find and then game development takes time <laughs> so like it takes time to make meaningful content for an open world so that's how you end up in a situation like the one i was talking about with far cry where it's like just put a mask there like because there has to be something here for a player to find if they find their way into this cave do you think maybe that's part of the problem <laughs> potentially there's no doubt about it i think there would have levels there have been open worlds where you're just like oh my god why is this so big type of thing yeah um and it's like, it can be really annoying, but it just really depends on what you're looking for. Um, I agree with you, like, they do feel like some parts are just like, we have to have something here so they can do something and whatnot. And that's what it's all about, I guess, when it comes to open world plays, because they know, for the for the most part, this is going to be a game that couldn't be something for a lot of, for, for a lot for the the general gaming audience, that is just going to be this one, one, one out of the three or four games that they probably get this year. That's true. Um, so they need a, if it's a franchise that they like, say, we'll say Assassin's Creed or Far Cry and everything, they need a world as big as possible, packed with a ton of stuff, so they can do all this stuff while also doing whatever they want to play it and whatnot. So it gets overcrowded by, in that type of aspect. Um, I'll always say it like, like worlds, like open worlds, are definitely getting too big for the for the bridges, basically getting way too big and they really need to like start just thinking of just like how big do you need the world how enjoyable can you make it because if you have if you go and start from the top and you realize oh this thing i need is all the way down the bottom that direction (laughs) and the map is this and you're there and you have to go there and and all of this is in the middle and you're just like that's a thousand mountains in between there 
Oh dear. <laughs> oh dear. Oh, and no. I haven't got there yet. And uh, my closest uh, checkpoint is only not even halfway there yet. Well, go fuck yourselves. <laughs> type of thing. And that's not, hey, that's not enjoyable. Fall, <laughs> 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 yeah, it's just like. It's the balance at the end of the day. Because at the end of the day, open world games are very much loved by a wider. By the major, by a mass, by the masses sure. of the gaming, yeah, yeah, in, of by the gaming audience, there's no doubt about that. Um, I love a good oh, excuse world. me. I love love an open, love love an yeah, open, so love an open world. I can really like sink my teeth in hearing it last. Yeah, yeah, like I, like I, I really sunk my teeth into like Odyssey. Like that game didn't work for you, but it worked for me. I absolutely adored that game for the world. And I think, and obviously, being Cassandra was amazing. <laughs> I've, I've put that game on my backlog. This is like a sidebar. Like you know, I've got the backlogs list of all the yeah. games I want to stream. It's like I put that game on my backlog because I'm like, I'm ready oh, for it. I'm ready for being a powerful lesbian in ancient Greece. <laughs> I was a slut as <laughs> <was> Cassandra. <laughs> I was terrible in that like, game. Because <laughs> I've always had like an interest in like in like ancient Greece. Yeah, and, but since playing Odyssey. I've actually gotten into listening to a podcast like about like ancient Greek myths, so I feel like I really get into the setting, if nothing else. Yeah, um, and yeah. also Cassandra was cool. Like I'll give you that she was cool. As Odyssey hit at a weird time for me, where it was like I'm really just not feeling any open world games at the moment because I think I'd played a lot in a in a short space of time. If I remember rightly, wasn't it like Spider Man was September, then this was. Like two weeks, um, if I not October think, afterwards. The thing about Assassin's Creed Odyssey was I got a review copy. <laughs> yes, you did. So I wasn't playing it um, when it came out. I was playing it before. Yeah, it came out in October 2018. And Spider-Man. Insomniac Spider-Man. If I type in Spider-Man release date, what the fuck I'll get. <laughs> uh, Spider-Man. Oh, Spider-Man was... September 7th, yeah. So I'd played Spider-Man, plat- probably Platinum Spider-Man. And then my Odyssey disc came through the post. I probably put that in and I was like, it was fun to climb on the dick of that big statue at the beginning. <laughs> that was funny. And then I was like, oh man. <laughs> I'm already tired of this game. Big, big oh, no. I remember getting <laughs> really You might annoyed. have felt different if you didn't play the Spider-Man game because you'd yeah. just gone open world to open world. You didn't have that uh, nice uh, appetizer in the middle. That nice, uh, that nice um, palate cleanser. Palate cleanser, yeah. That nice little indie game in the middle just to go. Oh yeah, that's that's, that's the stuff. what that's you needed. needed. <laughs> <laughs> Injected into my veins, <laughs> type of thing. But no, yeah, it's just like I think it will. It might have been better for this type for this topic to have someone who really enjoys open world games on because we could have maybe seen more of a, more of a perspective because we're like we're like. At the part of like, there's just yes, there's worlds that we don't like, but there's also worlds that we do like. But there's also at the time like what we spoke about a couple last year. There's for us, there's some open world fatigue in out there. There's too many open worlds. Like I don't want to imagine how many bloody open world games that's coming this year. <laughs> and I'm probably only going to right now off the top of my head. I'm probably only going to play one of them, and that's a Spider-Man game if that comes out if this that year. Comes out. Yeah, like, I was thinking the same. I was like, I was like Final Fantasy VII Rebirth for me. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. If yeah. that comes out this year, like I, I'll be all yeah, over that shit. I don't think shit. that's coming but, out. Yeah. But but not because of you know why? Because it's fucking Final Fantasy Seven. Final Reaper. Fantasy Seven too. Yeah, <laughs> fucking Part Seven too. 
Christ alive. Part seven two. Parts part two seven. Seven? Part two? Yeah. Seven part <laughs> seven, two. Seven part two. Part two seven. Yeah, yeah. Tango Tango. Whisk of Ravi. Um Yeah. But like yeah, like like I'll play the Spider Man open world game. But again, I imagine it'll be like, hey, I'm swinging through the through New York City and it's still a lot of fun. But I might tell you, Moody, I've played two of these now. <laughs> so Insomniac's probably gonna need to do some stuff to their open world. Otherwise I'm gonna be like, Yeah, because hey, Miles Miles was the same. It was <laughs> kinda of done this twice now. <laughs> yeah. The thing I think what the what gets them over, like I said, was like there's so many pros on because the stories both games had good stories, great good character great characters that we really connected with and liked and whatnot and and, and so much more. But yeah, they for open world wise, they need to change it up definitely. There's no doubt about that. There's only yes, I'll probably still be a kid going so <laughs> Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Try to see how <laughs> try, did you do the thing where you like tried to go as straight as possible, as fast as possible, as low to the yes. ground. Where you're going flip, yeah. flip, flip, and you were like like fucking sl- yeah and i was just like fuck you yeah. motherfuckers <laughs> i'm spider-man you, baby <laughs> <laughs> there's a crime in progress shut up i'm busy <laughs> i'm busy flipping you all off while taking a selfie <laughs> <laughs> i'm jumping off of the top of avengers tower to take an upside down selfie for my trophies <laughs> yeah um, no, no like, where's that penis to swing off? Oh, wrong game. Oh, shit, that's Assassin's Creed. <laughs> um, no, like, yeah. Um, like, I've loved open world games. Like, and even loved the open worlds in open world. Because I think that's two, that, that's two separate things, right? Loving an open world game, but loving an open... The game, the open world in a game is two different things, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, you watched me stream Lost Judgment, and you know that I didn't really fuck around <sighs> with the open world all that much. <laughs> Yeah. But there was a lot of it. <laughs> but that was an awesome game by the oh, end of it. Like, such a uh, fucking yeah. good game. And like the stuff you could do in that game is still good. Like it's just because yeah. I played Judgment before it and then in between those I played Like a Dragon. It was like, yeah, it's a lot of the same stuff, right? It's like the, the side quests in that game are really fucking good. But like it's like there's only so many times I can go to the Sega Arcade and play Outrun. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like uh, mm-hmm. playing the, the baseball mini game and the golf mini game. Um yeah. but like I think part of what comes down to me is like I've always been I was I was raised <laughs> when I was a when I was a PC game, I was raised on immersive sims, which were like which all have like hub like levels that are just packed yeah. to the brim with things to find and things to do because that's how immersive sims work. So like you go to an open world and it's like you go into an immersive sim and like you might think, Oh, I wonder if there's anything in here and then yeah, there's something in there, like then it'll be something like useful, right? Something that you can that will either be cool to find or an Easter egg or a hidden story thing, or it's just like something that can help you in the gameplay, like a cool gun or like a, an upgrade or something. Whereas like again, go back to the mask thing where it's just like, What's oh, I wonder what's in this cave? And then there's like you just walk into a cave and there's a mask and the mask is whispering, but it doesn't do anything. <laughs> it's just a mask. Um, cause yeah, let, let, yeah, some open worlds are cool. Elden Ring, fucking blew my fucking head off last year. I had things yeah. in that game. There were entire fucking hidden areas in that game that I didn't even know existed until I started watching people like do speed runs of the game, and I was like, wait, what the fuck's this? <laughs> I, I never saw this. <laughs> um, what's going on? And I'm not doing another playthrough of the game because if you might remember. The Xbox ate my save file, so I couldn't even do New Game Plus. <laughs> oh no! Yeah, that was that was harsh. 
Um, but it's fine. It is what it is. Like the thing is, yeah. like I've I've spoken about this with um, with um, one of my friends, Luna Morphings, um, where it's like Elden, like I've I'll I'll replay a Bloodborne with a drop of a hat, right? But yeah. like with Elden Ring, like I feel like I, if I was ever gonna like sit down and play it again, like I would have to like build myself up to it just because it's such a big game <laughs> and this it's like such a vast game because it's their open world game. It's like I, I wouldn't like casually just go, oh maybe I'll replay Elden Ring. <laughs> This is a lot of it. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of Elden Ring and Elden Ring. Like, I'm telling you, like, I didn't find, like, entire, like, areas of Elden Ring, but I still played it yeah. for, like, 70 hours. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's a, it's a topic that we could definitely revisit later on in the year, maybe, to see what's the, how things are going and whatnot, because we might have a different perspective, maybe. Probably. Oh, has it got worse? Because oh my god, there's been too many open world games. Zelda Every sucked. game is Spider-Man sucked. And everything. Oh well, there's the there's the pit there's the pitch, folks. <laughs> Zelda sucked. No, Mitty, you can't say that. <laughs> it's not allowed. Come get me. Come get me, bitches. Come on. You anti-allied fucks. Come on. <laughs> You can't say... Just bring it! <laughs> you can't say things like Zelda sucked. Um, but, um, yeah. Like, in, uh, like these like little discussions that we have on the podcast, you know, there's nothing saying we have one and then that's it. Like, check that. We've done the open world one. Check it off the box. If we have something more to talk about, we can always just come back to them. Yeah. It's yeah, just like the, the open world aspect of Forspoken was the thing that was weighing on my mind the most when I was doing the... When I was like thinking about reviewing the game, and then obviously not reviewing the game because I'm 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 not gonna I'm really I'm not gonna play any more of it. <laughs> when I tell you the two games that are coming out next week, I'm never gonna go back to Forspoken, <laughs> like the two big games that I want to play next week. But I will talk about those later. Sometimes you just gotta shoot the shit on a podcast. I much prefer it to me reading for ten minutes. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, Speaking but... of reading, Amy, it's Indie Game of the Week. It is, is Indie it? Game Have of the Week. Have you picked out for the fans to wish list? I have picked out a game called Coven. It was one of two Steam Next Fest demos I actually managed to play. <laughs> you know, when I was like, I hadn't had a chance to play any, I might try. I played two. One was last week's Indie Game of the Week, Shadows of Doubt. Um, Which, so... When I posted the podcast last week, it was like it was attached to a thread because um, obviously last week's podcast was the Hogwarts Legacy podcast. Um, so I wanted to like talk about like my, like some of the thoughts on on that whole situation. <laughs> and then, as you know, when I do Indie Game of the Week, I, I put it as part of the thread where I say, hey, this week's Indie Game of the Week was such and such by this developer. Go follow them, go wishlist it and stuff. <laughs> and I put the thing in and I looked at the thread that I'd just written <laughs> and then this tweet was getting added to the bottom of and I was like I remembered like the 40 odd minute discussion we had leading up to us saying hey go wishlist this game and I just put instead of putting this week's indie game of the week is this go wishlist that I said this week's indie game of the week is Shadows of, Shadows of Doubt by this developer and I can only apologize for it being this week's indie game of the week it's sandwiched in amongst all this stuff <laughs> I'm so I'm sorry. So sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah, this so this was the other demo that I played, Coven. 
Uh, Coven is a fast-paced retro FPS slash slasher, which is heavily inspired by classic first-person shooter games such as Blood Hexen, Unreal, and Time Splitters. In the first episode, you take on the role of a young girl in the 1600s who was wrongly accused of witchcraft and is burned at the stake. She's resurrected by an unknown force and seeks revenge. And I could read the, the, the bullet points, but what I could just do instead is tell you about my time with the demo. This game's pretty fun. Like, it's a super, like, it's a boomer shooter. There's, like, people have been taking a call on them where it's, like, a really old, it's, like, based on, like, really old shooters where it's, like, really fast-paced. Seriously? A really boomer violent, a shooter. boomer shooter. <laughs> it's really fast-paced. It's really violent. Like, you get your health back by, like, eating people. So, like, you, you shoot them to death and then you just munch on their corpses. And, and based on where you're looking, I think it tells you, like, what you've just eaten. Um, so it'll be like, ah, you just ate a leg. Here's plus five HP. Ah, you just ate someone's shoulder. Here's plus five HP. And I'm sure I saw it say, you just ate someone's testicles at one point. <laughs> Here's some testes. <laughs> but it was a really fun demo, you know? Like, it was just like you run around with, um, like, you know, you get your shotgun, you get your dual pistols and stuff, and you just... uh woman who was burned at the stake for being a witch claws her way back out of her grave now imbued with witch, with demonic powers and the whole village is full of men who are just the fucking worst so you just go and kill them all and i was like fair i'm i'm in for this like tale this rampage of vengeance let's go let's fucking kill everybody <laughs> and then munch on their testicles in a violent way <laughs> some hot dogs tonight <laughs> just over an open fire just <laughs> Ooh, gotta get the other sides <laughs> make sure it's cooked all the way through <laughs> um, nom 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 <laughs> a little bit of ketchup and mustard on some onions as well <laughs> do you want some onions with that <laughs> so Coven is launching in early access sometime this year, I believe, and on PC. It's being developed and published by Gatishins. If if it sounds like your kind of thing, which after that conversation, I don't know why it wouldn't. <laughs> Go wishlist the game on Steam. It really helps the developers. Oh, I'm, I'm going to have hot dogs after this. I haven't eaten tea yet tonight, actually. <laughs> He now knows what she's having for dinner. <laughs> I don't have hot any dogs. hot dogs. Oh, no. Well, I mean, I've got one hot dog I wouldn't mind getting rid of, but I can't eat it. One day. I meant rid of, but... <laughs> not eating it. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of need it because, actually, I'm not going to just... No. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not going to describe what happens in that process <laughs> on, a, on, a, on a video game podcast. Um, Some foldage. Yeah inside out that's all I'm going to say uh, Moody where are we going next please get us away from this now that I've confirmed the status of that let's get, get away with the testes it's please. time to go to Microsoft confirms Game Pass's cannibalizing sales <laughs> of course it's about cannibalizing sales what the fuck <laughs> That's not even the next one in the list. <laughs> For God's sake. Rudy, you had one job. One job. job. Get us away from this. 
Get us away from talking about eating people's fucking testicles. And you chose the story with cannibalize at the title. <laughs> I love this podcast. Microsoft confirms Game Pass cannibalizes sales. This is from Brendan Sinclair of GamesIndustry.biz here, right? The UK. Nom, com- nom, nom. <laughs> Wishlist coven. The UK Competition and Markets Authority's provisional report on the Microsoft <laughs> Activision Blizzard acquisition. Keep stripping, Sammy. Oh you can do this it. This is Fall Guys all over again. <laughs> oh, oh, the blue balls. Nothing but the blue balls. Ah. <laughs> <sighs> The UK Competition and Market Authority's provisional report on the Microsoft Activision Blizzard acquisition includes an admission from Microsoft that putting games into its Game Pass subscription service cannibalizes sales of those titles. Uh, The CMA noted in its report, quote, Microsoft also submitted that its internal analysis shows a redacted percentage decline in base game sales 12 months following their addition on Game Pass, end quote. That confirmation runs counter to claims Xbox head Phil Spencer made in 2018 that Game Pass boosts sales rather than undermines them. What a startling admission. A game that you can get on a subscription service and people aren't buying it. (laughs) I'm shocked. I buy all my Game Pass games. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this this is not a surprise at the end of the day if you think about it. No. If you have to, if you actually look at it, I think I've so I've heard that someone from uh, a developer, an indie developer, or double A developers like argued against this because it's like helped them uh, with their game. Well, I think uh, with some of their games and whatnot, which is obviously, I think like when it comes to Game Pass, I think if it when it, it can it can really help when it comes to indie games and the double A development. Because it gets more eyes out there for a lot of yeah. people. But when it comes to like AAA games, yeah, if you've got your AAA yeah. games, if your if your Xbox exclusives are going on this, yes, and <clears throat> and you're giving this out there, then yes, the people are going to go pick this over your go and pick Game Pass, put a tenner down just to play your AAA game, Halo, the Forces, the Fables, whenever that actually comes out, the Perfect Dark, whenever that comes out, and etc. Play it and then put them down and whatnot, and then probably not put the tenor back in, maybe or something like that. And that's sadly just how it is. That it it does seem like that's how it is. But but what are your thoughts? I'm curious by your thoughts. I've got a lot of thoughts on this. Number one, like Xbox admitting this in in the CMA report. I mean, Xbox has been doing everything it can to to make itself look as shit as possible so that it can get this deal through, right? So like okay whatever like I'm taking it with a pinch oh, of salt is what I'm saying. So uh, so you think there's alternative motives to this? Yeah, the alternative motive is it's the same reason why they'll be like you know we did that weird news story last year where it was like Xbox says Sony has better exclusives which yeah it's true and we all know it and they, but the only reason they're saying it is because they're trying to make themselves look yeah poor yeah. next to Sony so that they can huh. get this deal around through so it's like I didn't think of that I'm not gonna lie that did, didn't cross my mind that yeah. when I read this and everything well, so if you remember I mean if you remember I read this report <laughs> I did forget about a lot of I did like even though we talked about the acquisition potential all, all last week 
Uh, like I did forget about it already, and yeah. I was just like, "Oh yeah, that's still going on." Yeah. Amy just jogged my memory. Oh yeah, they're still trying to buy. buy they're still trying to buy Activision Blizzard. Like, um, my second thought is, I can't wait until this is all over, so I never have to read the words "UK Competition and Markets Authority" ever again. I fucking hate it. Um, but also, like, to to jump on something that you were saying, um. Like, it's more nuanced than just... Like, I feel like this is more nuanced than just, like, a game sells worse because it's in Game Pass. Like, that will happen. Like like I alluded to with my joke at the at the beginning of the segment. It's like, yeah, of course, I didn't buy many of the games <clears throat> that I played in Game Pass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Because I played them in Game Pass, yeah, yeah. which I paid yeah, yeah. for. But, um, like, I think this part, part, part of it is visibility, right? Like, you, you might only hear about a game coming out because it's on the Game Pass. Um... You know, like every every two and a bit weeks, they post the here's what's coming in the first half of the month and the second half of the month. You might see a game that sounds cool, and maybe even you don't have Game Pass, but you might be like, "Oh, I've just been turned on to this game's existence," and then maybe they buy it at launch further down the line, subscribe to Game Pass to check it out. You know, there's a bunch of different things there. It's like I wonder how many games that launched with Game Pass or joined Game Pass like at a late, at like sometime after launch would have like benefited from just that visibility of just being mentioned as part of the conversation like how many how many people are streaming a game on twitch for example that they might not necessarily otherwise stream because it's on game pass and they have a game pass subscription yeah like we've talked about it like there was there's, there's there was last year there was like weeks or months right of just where it was like I was playing nothing but Game Pass games <laughs> because I could just install them and not have to think about it. And then there'll, there'll be games like, um, would the conversation about immortality have been as big if it didn't launch in Game Pass? Because like everybody was everybody who was in, even a bit interested in that game who had Game Pass was playing it, right? Would Hi-Fi yeah. Rush's shadow drop the couple of weeks ago had as big an impact if instead of it dropping it in Game Pass, you had to buy it for like forty quid or whatever? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's like it's a. There's no doubt. Like what helps them is obviously they are. <clears throat> let's just remember after they fire ten thousand people, they're a two trillion dollar company. People. Um, <clears throat> and they can handle they can take this hit if they want to and whatnot and obviously unless they change their mind they're, they're happy to take this hit still so yeah i mean phil spencer uh, we talked about it at one point saying it was profitable for them and and the, the sales hit isn't that what the the money that they pay the developers to put their games in a game pass is supposed to cover pretty much, anyway yeah. so pretty much yeah. pikachu's pikachu's down Pikachu's down. It's getting a it's little getting hot. Too hot. It's getting too hot. It lasted an hour. <laughs> <coughs> Which is better than the, the N7 helmet. That's my record, that. <laughs> That's my record. Build yourself up slowly to have Pikachu don't, on for an entire podcast. Don't tell my partner this, people. <laughs> um, no, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it is interesting uh, for it. There's no doubt about that, but... <laughs> Yeah, but like, like, it does help. It helps. There's no doubt what you said. Like immortality wouldn't have had half the eyes open if it wasn't on Game Pass. Yeah, if it wasn't on Game Pass, <clears throat> I would have known about it because of you. Sure, but other than I that, was excited I about it anyway. Yeah, uh, but I uh, um, a lot of people probably would not have would not have if it was not on Game Pass. So yeah, there's like, no doubt. Like this, it does help. Game Pass helps 
developers like crazy when it comes to this, and it is amazing. But when it comes to like AAA, there's no doubt that it probably does hurt AAA and everything like that. But yeah, sure. But like most, most of the most, I'm I'm right in thinking that most of the AAA games that launch on Game Pass are all Xbox Game Studios games anyway. Yeah, or games that have already been out for a few years. Yeah, so they've set themselves up. Like Xbox has set their their subscription service up so that the main value of it is: Do you want to play Xbox games? Cool. (laughs) They're all going to be available on Game Pass. Yeah. No doubt. And Outriders as well. That was weird. <laughs> but I'll tell you what, though. We both played it because of, because it came out on Game Pass. <laughs> oh, I was never going to buy that game. That's yeah, what, yeah, yeah. No this is what I'm talking yeah. about. It's just like we both dipped into Outriders because it was on Game Pass. Like, we weren't going to yeah, buy it. Yeah, it was the, at the time, it was the only thing really to play and whatnot. So, um, like, and everyone was talking about it, so it was just like, all right, should we give it a try? You gave it a try. You enjoyed certain things about it, and I thought, all right, I gave it a try. I bounced. And, <laughs> I bounced and, really fast. And, and there's the, and there it is. There is there's one of the, one of the key sort of I don't know like success metrics of, of Game Pass as as opposed to just <laughs> as opposed to just necessarily thinking about sales versus not sales. It's like, yeah, yeah, hey, yeah, we played yeah, the no game doubt. because eventually it's not going to be in game. I don't know if it's already come out of Game Pass or if it's still there. Yeah, but either way, eventually it's not going to be in Game Pass. And if either one of us had played it on a whim and found we really, really liked it, when it leaves Game Pass, we'd, we'd have to buy it to keep playing it. <laughs> yeah, no doubt, no doubt, no doubt. Um, so there are a lot of uh, there's a lot more to the discussion, I think, of Game Pass than just sales versus lost sales. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Um, let's get away from the testies and move on to. Let's go to the, 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 the two Nintendo stories. Dealer's choice, how you want to start it. I'll just do it in the order I've done it. Um, also, like, I don't have the giggles anymore. Nice try, though. <laughs> what? When you said the testes. I, I was saying, like, I don't have the giggles anymore, but it was a nice try to try and get them. Oh. <laughs> what? Me? Nintendo. Try joke to bury it and keep whacking it into the ground until the belt goes again. <laughs> Nintendo responds to falling <laughs> profits with a 10% raise for Japanese staff. This is from Ollie Welsh over at Polygon, who writes, As tech companies respond to a tough economic environment by laying off huge numbers of staff, including Microsoft with a significant impact on its gaming division, Nintendo is heading the other way. Despite lowering its profit and sales forecast in its most recent round of financial results, Nintendo is promising a 10% salary increase to all of its staff in Japan. According to Reuters, Nintendo president Shuntaro Furukawa told an earnings call on Tuesday, quote, it's important for our long-term growth to secure our workforce, end quote. It's one of those stories that is a... It's great to hear this type of thing at the end of the day, part of how many... That the staff that are underpaid and everything like that. Yes, is own is it only in the Japan and everything? Yeah, so it kind of sucks to like think of like Nintendo of America and whatnot. Uh, maybe we will hear something about that further down. Hopefully, cross fingers. It'll be nice to hear that as well. But um, yeah, it's always great to hear that the staff are going to get more pay- paid, more paid better with a higher with the inflation and costs and everything right now around the world. That's going to help the staff. It's going to help the people. Who are going to create? Hopefully, put bring, come in with more rejuvenated energy to go. Let's get these fucking games done, people. <clears throat> type of thing, and fix Pokemon. <laughs> Even what though you're a different company. <laughs> Jeff Grubb told me that no, there's going to be no big Nintendo games after Zelda. Sorry, 
I don't know him. Jeff Grubb, like, and I don't really like, but but like he annoys like he annoys me. That's <laughs> not his fault. I know it's not his fault. It's the idiot internet going, Jeff Cup said it, it's facts, let's do it. Even says, I'm not facts. I am not factual here, people. Sorry. I hear things, I tell you. <laughs> the internet tells me it's definitely happening, and then I'm looking at them going, no, it's not. <laughs> ten um, ten no, years what? later. Remember the Switch Pro? Still happening, guys. <laughs> Remember the Switch Pro? Um, anyway, I totally derailed that. Um, yeah, no, it's good. Like, I mean, should I do a capitalism something something capitalism bad part here, where it's just like, hey, you know, the other like Microsoft is a two trillion dollar company. They laid off ten thousand people so that they can make it look like they're still earning, like that their earnings are still going up. Nintendo said, "Nah, fuck that," <laughs> because profit is profit. We're still gonna make a profit. Like they lowered their profit forecasts. They didn't say they weren't going to make a profit, so they just went, "Yeah, we're still going to make a profit, so we're still going to give our people a pay rise." That's how I wish it worked. Oh, <laughs> Everywhere. Yeah. Okay. I was, I, I, how are you coming across? I was thinking, is she somehow finding a negative here? Fuck. I can understand Basically, it because what I'm of the next is, part. What we're going to get to? <laughs> no, I'm finding I'm finding the positive in it and saying like, this yeah. is how I this is how it. I wish yeah. it fucking worked. It like you know like hey if you are you going to make money yeah then maybe you should give some of that money to the people who made you the money but that unfortunately cap something something capitalism sucks <laughs> but yeah no good on Nintendo fuck yeah keep now giving you people pay rise yeah. fuck you Saudi Arabia I'm right time Nintendo. to go to that yeah speaking of something something capitalism. <laughs> bad. Saudi Arabia has reportedly increased its Nintendo stake for a second time in a month. This is from Tom Phillips over at Eurogamer. He writes, Saud... Okay, that that's an inter... That's a funny typo, and I picked... It came straight from the article. Saudi Arabia's <laughs> public investment fund has increased its ownership of Nintendo for the second time in a month, according to an e-report. The financial scheme founded by the country's highly controversial ruling Prince Mohammed bin Salman now owns 7.08% of Nintendo, up from 6.07% in January. The PIF was previously known to have acquired 5.01% stake in the company as of May 2021. The quick addition and more highlights the fund's growing stake in Nintendo and many other video game companies gathering pace. Last year, Nintendo told news agency Reuters it had learned of the PIF's initial stake from news reports and declined to comment further. The company has made no further statement since on the PIF's continued investment. Saudi Arabia's PIF has invested heavily in video game companies worldwide and owns similar stakes in Capcom, Nexon, Koei Tecmo, EA, Activision Blizzard, and Take-Two. It also owns a majority of SNK. The PIF is designed to act as a long-term investment fund for the Saudi stake and as a respectable front for the country, despite Prince Mohammed bin Salman's own reputation. The Crown Prince has been blamed by the CIA for the assassination of Washington Post journalist Jamal Khashoggi, while his rule of Saudi Arabia has kept up with the country's notoriously poor human human rights record, with homosexuality still criminalized and punishments ranging from floggings to the death penalty. I fucking Sounds hate like capitalism, culture. man. Fuck, yeah. fuck this whole goddamn system, man. And f- <laughs> fucking shit. I just want Nintendo. I just want to play cool Kirby games. I don't want to have to think about fucking Saudi Arabia while I'm buying Nintendo products. <laughs> 
Yeah, but it's like the thing what I think you said last time when I think when we talked about them buying into the video game industry or another company, um, that they're just like they're picking the things that are the most popular to yeah. make them sound not so bad. Um, yeah, right. It's like the Newcastle United takeover, right? It's just like when Newcastle United win the cup, whenever the fuck it is. And and everybody's gonna be like, yeah, and it's like, yeah, and it, it was made possible by our Saudi Arabian investment, and it's just like, and everyone's gonna love them, and it's like, no, guys, they still suck. <laughs> All that money that you're spending on the the merch for like, we won the cup. I don't know what kind of football merch there is, like. That's all going to go back to a country that would kill me if I stepped off a plane in it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Kill me? They kill, they, yeah, they killed both of us. Killed the both words of us, about, yeah. Words about games podcast would be wiped out if we went to Saudi Arabia. We could walk out holding hands saying, fuck you, Saudi Arabia. We literally, before our words got to the, got out, we would have been shot. We wouldn't snipe it from a long distance. <laughs> yeah, right. The fuck, there's probably Terrence on the airport and they're, re- they're aiming at the plane, ready to see. <laughs> With Gadar attached. <laughs> bing, yeah. bing, we got him. Bing, 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 bing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> red alert, red alert. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh we weren't God. even going to land, we were just flying over. <laughs> 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 we weren't meant to land for you, you motherfuckers! I can't get off this plane! <laughs> sucks, man. Like, there's nothing you can even really do about it, right? Like, the, the problem is, like, the people who have the most money can just do whatever the fuck they want with it, and it doesn't matter, like, about the rest of us. It's like, I want you to stop buying fucking things that I like. <laughs> I hate it. The thing is about it, we're going to get to, sadly, a level of it where it's going to be... Probably the same conversation what we had last week. Probably but about Saudi Arabia. Probably they're gonna <laughs> take over. Like they're, they're like they're gonna like imagine if like they just take over Nintendo. Like fucking, they're trying to take over F one for God's sakes. Yeah. At this moment in time, they're pushing back and telling them to fuck off, basically. But they're yeah, gonna yeah. hit a number where they're gonna say, "All right, no, you're mintos," the type of thing, and he's gonna say, "Oh, for fuck's sakes." Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> Like, right. we're already racing there, for God's sakes, which I won't be watching. <laughs> but Jesus, yeah. It's one of the things like... I've always, like, really disliked about, like, being a, an F1 fan, even though I didn't really... I, I've kind of fallen off of it last year. It's like, they're racing the worst fucking places in the world. And I get what, like... Uh, I get what, like... Some, yeah, and it's like, I get what, like, you know, Lewis Hamilton says about, like, you know, we go there and then we've got the helmets and we do the things and we say all the stuff to try and, like, make people think about it and stuff. And that's really great. But, like, they're also cracking down on that now. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I think he's told them to fuck off. He's going to keep doing it. Good. But, um... Yeah. But what happens when he retires? <laughs> Hopefully, Lando Norris and George Russell and the rest will pick up. Well, what path of we know this, this not gonna Max be. ain't gonna do it. <laughs> Max is in his own fucking gold, golden world, and everything and whatnot. But um, yeah, yeah, like I, I mean, you know, you might think, why the fuck are you talking about F one? But it's, it's a similar sort of thing, right? It's just like, yeah. what what happens if they take over Nintendo and we have this sort of situation where it's like you could buy the Mario game, but it's gonna it's gonna fund like human rights violations in Saudi Arabia. Sexual cr- st- cr- 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 punishments, flogging, death penalties, the whole freaking shebang. Yeah. And yeah, it's uh, it is the whole thing. And sadly, people, yeah, we've we've seen it. We've seen it already, how high people are when it comes to type of any allyship and whatsoever. 
Uh, it means nothing when it comes to I want to play my video game. <laughs> I must Skyrim or Hogwarts. You must Skyrim or Hogwarts. Fuck Skyrim or Hogwarts. Go play Coven. Go play the Coven demo. Mm. Munch on some testicles. Stand. <laughs> Hot dogs around. Hot dogs for everybody. <laughs> uh, <laughs> next though, let's try and liven it up with some atomic heart composer. Some atomic heart composer. Atomic heart composer Mick Gordon donates fee to Ukraine aid. This is from Leah J. Williams over at Games Hub. He writes. Atomic Heart soundtrack composer Mick Gordon has announced he will donate his earnings for the game to the Red Cross as part of its Ukraine crisis appeal. In a statement, Gordon said he had been engaged by game developer Monfish to work on the musical vision of Atomic Heart in early 2020, with his decision to work with the team being motivated by a love for Soviet-era synthesizers and exciting creative opportunity. Quote, I am proud to donate my fee from the game to the Australian Red Cross's Ukraine crisis appeal in support of the people of Ukraine who are heroically defending their country against aggression. I believe it is important to support pro-peace organizations, stand up for what is right, and to help those in need, especially during the times of crisis. This donation is a way for me to provide practical support to those whose lives have been impacted by war, end quote. You know what, Moody? We're just going to pause the story right there and talk about the first two paragraphs for a minute. <laughs> yeah. Um, this is like, it's, a, it's, it's great to see this type of thing, obviously, because if I believe, I believe the developer of this game is a Russian developer, I believe. Uh, it's going to come um, up. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Which is uh, obviously a very not so good thing at this moment in time, which obviously we'll crack on with, with shortly sure. in the other paragraphs. But um, to see, like, like, at the end of the day, like, how uh, this guy took this job in 2020. Yeah, no, no, no fuck out of here. Yeah, Any idea no that war. Russia were going to decide to do what they were going to do last year. Um, he's, he's already done the job and he deserves to get paid for the job still. And it sounds like he's going to get paid for the job and he's going to give the money in a nice way. He's going to, he's donating it to the Red Cross to hopefully help Ukraine, to help, hope, hopefully help the, that will help the Ukrainian crisis. And and they appealed yeah. for obviously more and more help and whatnot, and that's what we want to see. This is the great things what we want to see. This is what we were hoping to see last week, which we did not see. Uh, we saw high whiny bitterness last week, uh, but um, this week like we're seeing like just uh, a a person just doing the right thing, and yeah, that's what that's you cool. want to see. Like anything he, like that, he has the ability to do this, so he's done it, and that's cool. Yeah. Like I've always liked Mick Gordon. Like whenever I've seen him like talk. Um, he was on an Oakley <clears throat> documentary because he did the soundtrack to Doom. Um, mm -hmm. And his music's great, so. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. He did the soundtrack to Doom? Yes. So was he the one we saw got last week, last year? Yeah. Where, or this week? It was last, last week, this year. Yeah, where the the Doom creators haven't paid him. Yeah, or didn't there was that whole. Like. Yeah, the whole thing. thing. Yeah. But it's good to still say, even though he didn't get paid from those idiots, yeah. he's still going to get paid, and he's going to use it in a great way. That's, uh, the, you know, that's just great to hear that type of thing. You know, yeah. he fucking felt he had shit from one developer. He's gone to play create another get do another score for another developer that he didn't realize what the future was going to be, and he's going to use his money. What, what to I wish to help people. What I wish for Mick Gordon in his next project is just an uncontroversial nice time. <laughs> yeah you know like yeah. it's not his fault what's happening for this and 
just like yeah just hopefully the next project which i'm surmising you've probably already on onto uh and everything uh will be non-controversial and you'll be straight onto it and doing a great job and everything so go mick gordon go mick gordon do we keep going keep going yeah keep going in addition AIN Capital alleged Munfish was a Russian-backed company operating out of Moscow, despite the studio claiming it was based in Cyprus. In response to these claims, Munfish labelled the privacy statement... uh, I think there's a missing paragraph there. There is, because I scrolled too far down. Pretend I didn't read that part. In early January 2023... The developer had to fight back against claims it was harvesting data for Russian authorities as a report from AIN Capital Capital surfaced a peculiar clause in the game's privacy policy. Quote, The privacy policy published on the studio's website directly refers to the collection of user data and the possible transfer of this data to Russian state authorities, in particular the tax office and FSB. The authors of this policy, citing the legislation under which the data is collected, also mentions Russian mobilization laws, under which so Soldiers are currently being recruited in Russia to continue the criminal war against Ukraine, end quote. In addition, AIN Capital alleged Monfish was a Russian-backed company operating out of Moscow, despite the studio claiming it was based in Cyprus. In response to these claims, Monfish labeled the privacy statement, quote, outdated and wrong, end quote, but did not deny the other allegations. The studio later said on Twitter, quote, We have noted the questions surrounding where we are. Where we at Munfish stand. We want to assure you that Munfish is a developer and studio with a global team focused on an innovative game and is undeniably a pro-peace organization against violence against people. End quote. Oh no. And, and then they continue to say, quote, We do not comment on politics or religion. Rest assured we are a global team focused on getting Atomic Heart into the hands of gamers everywhere. We do not and will not condone contributors or spammers with offensive, hateful, discriminatory, violent, or threatening language or content, end quote. While the allegations of AIN Capital have yet to be definitively addressed, many questions remain about Munfish and its alleged ties to Russia, local investors, and the government. Yeah, this is the thing about it. What what wasn't it that happened last year when the whole thing of Russia invading Ukraine happened, like with the sports people and whatnot? And it seems like it's still happening right now to this type of this type of thing. Are they a part? Are they backed by Russia or backed by a Russian like oligarch or something like that or some crazy something? Yeah, and then this weird like privacy state privacy like clause, which is just them weird. Hi- yeah, them hiding it and not coming out saying no way or not. Basically, basically for me says. Yes, we are, but we just don't want to talk about it right now type of thing. Oh, we got caught. <laughs> oh. oh, shit, type of thing, yeah. Yeah. Um, it goes, to that now it just goes to, like, I've seen, like, I saw, like, idiots online uh, saying the same thing of, like, oh, what, what are you going to say about, like, what, 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 all the people who, well, like, when we were yeah. trying to say, yo, but last hey, week. Hey, don't what buy Hogwarts gonna... Legacy, and then they've gone, well, what about Atomic Heart? And it's like, it's a different game. Yeah. It's a different game. <laughs> yeah, and it's a completely fucking different yeah. game at the same time. Um, do what you think is right. Do honestly, that's the thing. It's like for me, it's a game I was never going to be playing anyway. I had no interest in the game whatsoever. Uh, I don't know what it is. Like this is yeah, my, this has been my point about Atomic Heart for like a few years now. Where it's like the trailers look interesting, sure, but I don't know what this game actually is. But that's beside the point for for this. Yeah. Um, I wanted to because anyway, we want to you want to talk about. Well, we both wanted to talk about like the Mick Gordon part of the story. 
Um, but I wanted but to this like, part, other part was important as well. I wanted so. to keep this part in because so there's been like a lot of stuff swirling around about Atomic Heart and Monfish for the last sort of two or three weeks now, um, on like games industry Twitter. Um, but like there's there's little sort of like concrete right now. Basically, I'm just waiting for for someone to just do the thing with the article, <laughs> essentially. So it's like I don't want to like pull out all of these like rumors and speculations and put it in a podcast. That's why we haven't talked about Monfish on, on the podcast for like the last few weeks, even though stuff like this is going on. But I felt like it was important to keep this part in um, and just know that maybe at some point in the near future, we might be having another discussion about Atomic Heart. Um, but yeah, this is something to also just, just be aware of. Like they were asked directly, Hey, <laughs> Like, what's the crack with this privacy policy? And then they were like, oh, yeah, it's outdated. But it was still on your website. They were asked specifically about the, their ties to Russia, and they dodged the question. And then when even in their statement further on Twitter, at no point, like, they said a lot of things. Like, you know, they're undeniably a pro-peace organization against violence against people, but at no point did they actually condemn Russia in any way, shape, or form in that statement. And that tells you everything. For me, it does tell you everything. So it's like, so if anyone comes up to me and say, oh, what, what about the thing about uh, this this developer in Atomic Heart? I'll be literally saying, don't buy the game then. Yeah. Don't buy it. If you are, if you are a person, if you are a person, quote unquote, a person who feels like a, a, a game is not as, as important as a person's life or heck, a people's life, who's getting completely getting turned upside down right now at this moment in time uh, in Ukraine, then don't buy this game whatsoever um and that's just how it is there's there's no way fans of butts like i said last week and i'll say it till the end of my days there's nothing more important than a person's life that there's not the person's life is not as important than a video game i always said the wrong way around there <laughs> video, uh, video games game, are more important than people's lives yeah that's what i almost said i realized <laughs> yeah. someone is going to clip yeah. that and take it out of context now and hell yeah they're going to take it out of context and i'm going to be saying and i'll never see it and you'll <laughs> so never like, see it yeah. you will because you i'll see it and then you, you, you send will because i'll send it to you with the laughing emoji faces <laughs> moody they did it moody they did, it. Right. They did the thing <laughs> moody we're famous <laughs> we're trending <laughs> we're trending <laughs> um yeah, yeah that's, that's obviously. Yeah, obviously, yeah. people are more important than video games. Um, yeah. It's a shame people didn't it, think of that last week. Because it is, you know, like it is, like you know, it's, it's always like sometimes it's more important to see what a person doesn't say, or like an organization doesn't say. Like in this yeah, case, yeah, yeah, they, yeah, yeah. They, there was a lot they didn't say that they could have said, and they said some other stuff instead. It's one of those things where it's like you can look at the statement on in. And if you just like take it at face value, you can go, actually, that does sound pretty good. But then you think about what the statement was in response to, and you go, actually, <laughs> hmm, they didn't say they some stuff. <laughs> they didn't say a lot of things here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Which is a shame for people who are excited for this game. Even though I don't know much about this game whatsoever, people are excited about it, I'm sure. But yeah. Hey, I'm sure even, I'm sure even less people know about this than knew about J.K. Allen. So yeah, that's true. Again, there's not really been true. because it's all been sort of like 
like the the original report i'm pretty sure it came from a different country like that wasn't like it wasn't an english language report and because people have like talked about stuff on twitter but no one's really like there's not been like the jason article you know what i mean where it's like there's been this huge thing where it's been like hey this is what the crack is with mudfish or atomic heart it's harder to like to go hey these are the issues right like no one's pulled it all together yet yeah yeah, Jason, where are you? Yeah, come on, Jason. Leaving it all to Jeff. Are you leaving it all to Jeff Gubb? Jeff's gonna <laughs> Jeff's gonna steal his steal his spotlight here. <laughs> um, support Ukraine, everybody. Yes. Support Ukraine. Absolutely. Um, let's go let's go Metroid. Let's go Metroid. Cha 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 the game comes out physically in a few weeks and if boomerang don't send it to me i'm gonna be very angry <laughs> its review score is incredible it's metroid prime man <laughs> i've never played it i can't comment on that it's but incredible like... game i remember playing it on it was it was the only metroid prime i played on on gamecube because i only had the three like they had the trilogy it was the only one i actually played it's fucking amazing yeah, yeah. um but anyway Metroid game developers call out Switch Remaster's failure to credit. This is from Steven Totillo over at Axios. He writes, Developers who worked on the acclaimed 2002 Nintendo GameCube game Metroid Prime are publicly voicing frustration that a recently released Switch remake called Metroid Prime Remastered fails to name the game's original creators in its credits. Zaid Kirsch, a senior engineer on the original who did not work on the remake, tweeted last Saturday that he was, quote, let down, end quote, by the lack of full original credits in the new Switch version. The original's technical lead engineer, Jack Matthews, publicly called it, quote, a travesty, end quote. He added to Axios, quote, when my son plays Metroid Prime on the Switch for the first time, the fact that he won't see my and my colleagues' names in the credits as the original creators is a punch in the gut, end quote. The game's original creators are acknowledged in 15 words, excuse me, at the end of the Switch versions of credits, quote, based on the work of Metroid Prime, original Nintendo GameCube and Wii versions development staff, end quote. Guidelines from the International Game Developers Association, which can advocate but does not enforce game credits, states that, quote, ports, remasters, remakes and re-releases must retain the original names that work on the game, end quote. EA's recent Dead Space remake, a more substantive overhaul of the 2008 original of the same name, takes a similar approach as Primary Mastered. The 2023 edition's 20-minute roll of credits ends with a brief thanks to the original team, quote, for inspiring us every step of the way, end quote. One re-release that did credit the game's original creators, Nintendo's The Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword HD, a 2021 remaster that lists the game's original 2011 development team by name and first in the credit roll. Talk a lot about credits these days. <laughs> <coughs> yeah. I just noticed. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm just saying like it's come up a few times recently. Yeah, yeah, it does. There's no doubt about it. And it, it sucks like to hear this type of thing, especially with the original creators. Like at the end of the day, yeah, they made the game. It's just like. <laughs> They made the game for you guys. Um, it sucks that you got the blueprint to know where to go to and everything. So, yeah. Well, that's the yeah, thing, it isn't it? There would, there would be no Metroid Prime Remastered if there was no Metroid Prime. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, they should be on the game and whatnot. Yeah. Um, yeah, this game, it sucks to hear this. Like, like my proudest moment was just like to see my game, uh, my name in the game. That's my the game that's coming out soon for with me in it, and I was just like, "Fucking hell, that's it! That's extraordinary!" Just to see that, 
And I'm excited sure. like, for people to play the game and everything. Oh, I'm not just going to play that game. I'm going to stream it. And when your name comes up on the credits, I'm going to lose my shit. <laughs> there it is. There it is. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then I'll hop on and show you how to play it fast, people. <laughs> um, but no, um, yeah, yeah uh, credits are important. People who work on a game, even if it's just for a fucking week, deserve to get credited for the get for the work. Yeah, absolutely. I watched so. a video essay about sort of about this um, issue. Um, at the beginning of the year or the end of last year, it was one of the few um, where, like, this has been an issue in the games industry for, for decades. And, like, I just we just need to fucking sort it the fuck out. Like, did they work on the original? Are you remastering or remaking the original? Cool, then they should be in the credits. Like, the Dead Space thing. Like, the, the Metroid Prime remastered situation is shit. And I'm not going to say it's not. But at the end, where it said, "Hey, it's based on the work of of these people." Like the Dead Space one, actively pisses me off. <laughs> where it's just like, "Oh, the original, the the original team. Thanks to the original team for inspiring us every step of the way." What do you mean inspired you every step of the way? They made the game that you fucking made, remade. <laughs> That's not inspiration. <laughs> That's they made the damn thing. Um, but credits. If, if you worked on a game, you get put in the credits. If you worked on the original game, yeah. you get put in the credits of the of the remake. Yeah, yeah. Even if they didn't work on the like the remake or whatsoever, the the blueprint is there for the people who are doing the remake or remaster whatsoever is there. So even if it's like what this is like, is like putting in like a, like saying a thank you and everything like that, and then you put in their names right after all that. Thank yeah. you, say thank you for all the inspiration. Thanks and did for. It. And they did all that name and everything. Yeah, it ain't rocket science, and it's a pain in the backside. Like I did not realize about that about the Dead Space one. Neither did until, I, to be honest. Now, like, which is yeah. really annoying, uh, especially like Wolf was praised the game a couple of weeks ago. Um, yeah, sure. And it won't, doesn't want. Uh, it doesn't. It doesn't affect you know, opinions the game of, our anyway. of the game and everything like that. But it's just like it sucks to hear that type of thing, and that's what we don't want to hear. So yeah. get your shit sorted. Yeah, Dead Space motive. Get your shit sorted, and all the other developers. Excuse me, who are not putting credits, people's... Credit your games properly. Yeah. Damn you. Shake Damn my fist you. I'm shaking my fist down. Credit your games properly. <laughs> um, how long we got? Ages. Ages, <laughs> yell. We can finish early enough so we can get the game in. Hey, it's a, you, you're driving. <laughs> That's true. Um, I'm just okay. the GPS. <laughs> Does that work? Does that metaphor work? Kinda. Okay. Turn left. Right, um, at the next round. Go to go to Tetris movie. I saw this Fuck, and I, I was just like, this. "Oh this. come on, seriously, didn't see the trailer?" No, I, I did. Just got back. You, you could have watched it before, while you were eating on your. Big well, I'll tell you what. You fucking chatter about it now, and I'll fucking watch the damn thing now. Okay. Trailer's really, really good. I didn't even know this movie was coming out at all. I completely forgot. For a person who used to do a movie podcast, I completely forgot a Tetris movie was coming. And it's literally about the the origin of the game getting created and and getting it out there for everybody. Um, and it just looks so much fun. It looks really funny. Um, I didn't realize like okay, a lot of that's better. That's better than I was expecting. I thought it was literally a Tetris movie. I was like, oh no, the joke has come to life. <laughs> no, no, it's literally an origin and everything, and about the man who tried, who worked his ass off to like market it and get 
but get it on the consoles and whatnot and everything. And like he's he sees the Game Boy for the first time and whatnot. He's like, you want to put Tetris on it? This <laughs> is like, <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. It's, it's such a, and Taron Edgerton, the final I countdown. Love <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's like. Taron Edgerton is one of the one great actor out there, and I think like he's really reveling in this performance because, and I think it's so much more funny is that he has a really strong Welsh accent. You can't hear it in this movie, and it's amazing. I'm just like, that's fantastic. I love the trailer. I think it's really funny. Uh, there's a lot of like um, nuances to it, and it just made me laugh. And when you saw things like like near the end and the then get the parts of like what happens turns into the Tetris bricks, it's just really funny to me. <laughs> and I just really laughed about it. I really enjoyed it. I thought, why the hell not? This is great. This was just, this came out of nowhere, and it was really funny to me. I can't still, keep talking. It's still going. Well, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> I can't didn't watch it. <laughs> sent me like an hour ago, like an hour before the podcast, and I didn't. You know, I didn't get back to my computer until. Did you watch the other one that you put on the notes? I didn't put this one on the other well, one on the one notes. One I put on, yes. Oh, so so hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. I'm getting shit for not watching the one that you sent me. I watched and, the, and the Mario one. I was gonna say yes, I watched the Mario. I watched one. it, <laughs> but I want to talk about the terrorist one. When you sent when you sent it to me, and I saw what it was, and I put the the note in the in the show notes. I thought, yeah. oh my fucking god, really? Yeah, yeah. Now you've explained if it was that what type it is. Of thing, yeah, if it was that type of thing, I would never have sent it to you. Yeah, now you've explained what it is. I'm like, oh, actually, that's pretty cool. That sounds like a good concept. Yeah. I'll watch that. Yeah. On Apple yeah, TV. It looks, uh, yeah, it looks really cunning. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they're doing a lot of things, Apple. <laughs> they are. And they're doing a lot of yeah. good things. Yeah, at least for shows, anyway. Um, yeah, it was funny. I, li- I liked it. There's like some serious parts, obviously, but they kept that. Sure fun to it at the same time and i just thought yeah this is kind of funny oh, I'll watch it. i'm good. always interested in in movies like that so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh skip let's skip mario. the trailers super mario super bowl i guess you I added this, this fucking trailer i love this fucking trailer movie like i watched the trailer the one with chris pratt and jack black and everybody and i you know we talked you we talked about it you talked about it on the, on the podcast last year when it came out and i was like I mean, the movie yeah. looks fun, but I was like, yeah. the needle of which, like, probability of Amy watching this when it comes out didn't move <laughs> from yeah, that yeah, trailer. Yeah, that's fair. And then the Super Bowl trailer happened, and I watched it, and it's the it's the advert for the Super Mario Brothers plumbing it, and the needle went, yeah, all right. <laughs> it moved. It, it moved, moved your needle. It moved. I was like, this is fucking, this is awesome. And an advert that probably won't be in the movie. Definitely not. Moved your needle. <laughs> Definitely not. But. That was great. I loved it. That's funny. It's such a good. It's such a good it trailer. Oh. It is. I watched it, it like really ten is. times in a row. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but which one's more? Which one are you going to see first, though? This one or the HBO version, Amy? <laughs> I love that trailer that, as well. That's, yeah, that's the ultimate question. That, Do we need more pesto pastel? <laughs> I would definitely watch the HBO version first. <laughs> it's a me, Mario. Time. <laughs> I love the bit like it just extends me where he loads the fucking red shell into a shotgun. I was just like, that's incredible. And it's just like, I am also bisexual. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> With deep, complex characters. I'm Yoshi. I'm bisexual. <laughs> I'm a toad. I'm also bisexual. I'm also bisexual. <laughs> 
banger week for Nintendo for uh, Mario trailers. <laughs> it really was. Yeah. <laughs> I love the fact that it was specifically a Mario Kart like spoof trailer as well. Yeah, that's really funny. That no doubt about it. But no, yeah, good, uh, good, uh, good week for yeah for game trailers, game potential movies. If, trailers. Yeah, if you haven't seen the one, go watch the SNL Super, uh, Mario Kart HBO's Mario <laughs> Kart trailer because it's fucking amazing. It's a piece of art. And go watch the Super Mario Super Mario Brothers Super Bowl trailer if you haven't. It's thirty seconds long. And like I said, it changed my. It moved the needle. It made me it more likely to go. It moved the needle on a movie Amy had no interest in. Yeah, I wasn't. That, I would have probably yeah. waited for it to come to whatever streaming platform it was going to come to, yeah, yeah, and yeah. Then maybe checked it out one day. But like now, I'm like, I might go and see this. Wow. If that's the level, if that's the type of thing is, if that's the he, the, the type of humor they're going to have in this Mario movie, you know what my humor is like. I'm imagining you saw that trailer and it, like if you thought about me and it went. Oh, that's Amy's exact sense of humor. <laughs> that that's exactly what I would find funny. Oh no, she's going to be so this gonna, disappointment at the end. Oh, Un, no. Undoubtedly, going to be disappointed. <laughs> but I'll still, I'll always have that thirty second Super Bowl trailer. That's uh, true. Okay, okay. Final story: Horizon Forbidden West. Oh yeah. Damn. Smashed through the stories today. Horizon Forbidden West arrives on PlayStation Plus Extra and Premium on February 21st. Um, yeah, that's the story. Like, so they, they announced the PS Plus games, the new PS Plus um, Premium and Extra games that were coming out, and it's a beefy list. Like, they get like PS Plus subscribers are getting the Quarry, they're getting Resident Evil Seven, Outriders, which is weird because we were just talking about it, Borderlands Three, Scarlet Nexus. Uh, Tekken 7, Ace Combat 7, Earth Defense 5, Onanaki, Lost Sphere, I Am Setsuna, and The Forgotten City. There's also a couple of older games coming to their premium service, which is Legend of Dragoon is one of them, which is an amazing old PS1 JRPG. But like the the, the headliner is Horizon Forbidden West, right? Like It's coming to their subscription service a year after it launched. And I just thought that was interesting. Seeing that's what they're going for so i'm guessing god of war ragnarok's going to be end of the year i guess we'll find out if it's if it's like this is their vision for for ps plus yeah in november was it november when god of war came out last year yes yeah so we'll probably find out in november right but i i mean it's a beefy list a great list of games um yeah Still missing Dino crisis though i mean PlayStation, playstation playstation plus premium is not that good but like PS Plus Extra is actually really good list of games like that are available on it. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, Horizon Forbidden West, like one year after it launched, is coming to PS Plus Extra. That's cool. Like, where's Dino Crisis PlayStation? Yeah, where Dino is Dino Crisis? Crisis? No, I'm gonna join. You literally in on this had one. it on. You they literally had it on the Japan um, logo for all of them. I'm gonna, uh, and I was. Yeah. I'm gonna join in here because you know what? PS Plus PS Plus Premium sucks. <laughs> you took away the fucking you know you had all these PS1 classics and PS PS2 classics on the fucking Vita and the PS3. You could buy them and play them on on Vita. I used to play loads of PlayStation One games on my Vita, and then you didn't add that store to PS4, and you didn't add it to PS5, and then you were like, "But don't worry, we're gonna make a subscription service where you can get all the PlayStation One games." And it's like, "What? What? You got? What? Come on, man! You got barely anything on there." <laughs> yeah. Give me my Dino Crisis. I have, a, I have 
I've already put it in the ground. I've buried it. I'm not going to remake. I can appreciate that. Damn. I won't cry. But does at least give me Dino Crisis one <laughs> and two? <laughs> and two, yeah, two's good as well. Two's I like good. two. But like, no, it's like, is such on a cliffhanger, and I was just like, oh, what's going to happen? And yeah. then Xbox nothing. got exclusivities nothing. for it, and that's what happened. <laughs> not well, nothing worth talking about happened. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But no, it's just Team like look, man, you had heads. you had this whole fucking library going on the, on a different on one of your older platforms, and if you're not gonna if you're gonna fuck about with your stupid premium tier, that's not worth having, unless you want yeah. game trials for like games like months after they come out. Like, just put just make allow me to buy the fucking games again. <laughs> I fucking hate it, man. The first time I played Castlevania Symphony of the Night, one of the best PlayStation playstation one games ever it was because i bought it on a whim on on my vita <laughs> you're, leaving, nice. you're leaving money on the table didn't they re-release that yeah, on yeah. PS4? yeah um it's been oh, it okay. was it's bundled with another game yeah the K- other games K- isn't it? K- konami did this konami's fucking re-release of, of castlevania <laughs> games is so fucking random man like yeah. you can't just buy individual castlevania games i think there's like three different bundles of different castlevania games all bundled together and it's like I just want Aria of Sorrow. I don't want to buy all of these other games. <laughs> Can I just have the one game? And the yeah. answer is no. No, you can't. And also, the one that Aria of Sorrow in is more expensive than the other two. <laughs> so you're going to have to pay more if you want that one game. And I'm just like, forget the whole thing. It's fine. <laughs> you know what? You lost, Konami. You lost. Yeah. You lost You could have had Amy's money. Yeah. But you didn't. But you didn't. It's been a while since I've said this, but fuck Konami. <laughs> anyway, there's a lot of games coming out next week, Moody. There is indeed. There's two games in particular coming out next week that I'm excited about. But yeah, also, it's going to be interesting. But also angry that they're both coming out within three days of each other. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's fair. So, got... so which one are you tackling first then? Um, so the two games are Like a Dragon, Ishin. Respect to Keith. Uh, which is coming out on February 21st, PlayStation, Xbox, and PC. And the other one is Octopath Traveler 2, coming out February 24th, PS5, Switch, and PC. Octopath. You're going Octopath? Yeah. I'm going Like a Dragon. I am right in the mood for a JRPG right now. Isn't Like a Dragon kind of like that? Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, I mean like a... An, like an old school... An, an Octopath-style JRPG, I guess. Okay, I get you. I get you. Um, I understand now. Yeah, that's what annoys me about Ishin coming out three days. Because then we talked about this last week or the week before off the podcast where I was like, it fucking pissed me off because I want to play both of these games. They're both going to be big. (laughs) I'm not going to be able to quickly knock Ishin out before Octopath comes out. Well, I may, might <laughs> be able sucks. to, but I'm not going to. <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 true. true, true, true. But yeah, it's for me, for me, it's Octopath Traveler too. Like, I played a bit of the first one when it came out, but I never... It's not that I didn't like it, it's just that there was a lot going on at the time, and I just didn't get back to it, and then eventually <clears> I just had to, like, move on to other stuff. And Yeah. Like, I really enjoyed it, and it's on my list of games to, to play, like, backlog games. So, like, Octopath Traveler 2 is just like, I mean... Like, as soon as they announced it, I was like, fucking give me it. <laughs> fucking give me it. I, I've got time, and I've got the will to play this game. Right now. Right now. 
I know it's a week before it comes out, but right now, Mooney, if you, I want it now. Right now. Actually, there's a demo. There so I can't stop playing it now. Yes, you can. It'll probably save as well. And it carries over. Yeah, it's like every other yeah. JRPG that comes out on Switch. <laughs> I yeah, do it with days, all of them. Yeah, yeah, I've done, yeah I did yeah. it with Live Alive. Not Live Alive. Triangle Strategy last year. That was a mean That's demo. Cool. I think it took like four or five hours as well. That but is very good. Super very good. In. Yeah. Yeah, so it's a good a good batch of different games. Like one of them's gonna come in, puts me back in the league in Fantasy Critics. It's gonna be the thing that always happens for me in Fantasy Critic. So it's like, yeah. <laughs> what happened to I'm gonna be in the lead and stay in the lead? That didn't last long. <laughs> <sighs> well, I thought Elf needed a bit of a pick me up. She like decided just to be strong and then be weak at the end of her picks. So it's just like she decided just to tank a whole season. So I thought, I want to elevate people up. And that's what I just do, Amy. I elevate people up. And then I drop them like a sack of shit. <laughs> You're such a dick, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, I am. <laughs> Why, yes, I do. <laughs> I've got some fantastic news, though. We'll, we'll get, but we'll get to it in when we do open <clears throat> critic head to head because it's tied into to open critic head to head. Um, cool. Like so, you're gonna play a like a dragon Ishin Ishin, as Keith would say, because <laughs> it's got an exclamation mark on the end of it. That's why. Okay. Um. Cool. I look forward to hearing your thoughts on that, and we'll have to do like a bumper episode where we do like both big games side by side. Yeah, that's going to be an interesting thing. Like, uh, when, well, okay, so I have to look at my calendar here. So when does it come out? Uh, Tuesday. Tuesday. Okay. Yeah. It won't be now. I'll see, I'll, yeah. s- I'll see what I can get into it <laughs> into yeah. those days and whatnot because I'm away that weekend. So maybe we'll... I mean, we, we don't have to be like, oh, we've got to get yeah. the content out there right now. Oh, I won't be doing any of that whatsoever. <laughs> Sorry, I'm saying that right now. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, ne- it's never um, been like that. Since you joined the team and it, we yeah. both like talk about the video games that we yeah, play, yeah, 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 I've always yeah. been very careful to be like, yeah, don't worry about it. It's fine. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I haven't played anything. That's fine. Neither have I. Oh, yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, like, what is it? Like, I've got to get to, or not get to. I want to eventually do play. I want to play Season. Uh, Space for the Unbound as well. Yeah, I want to. I want to give those two games a go. Uh, right now, right now the. What is it? The backlog? It is too big right now. It's only two games. I know. Small games as well. Well, <laughs> mm, mm, especially Unbound is actually quite a big game. As I found. like eight hours long, isn't it? It's eight, like ten, ten hours long? Ten, eight, ten hours long. Fine. I don't mind I that. mean, it's not Octopath Traveler 2. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just fucking tell you that right now. Um, but yeah, no. Like, I want to play Like a Dragon. Like, if there's like a... If there's like a gap of like a few weeks, I might like look into and just like slotting it in there. Well, thankfully, they've gone from the list that, that obviously I'm only going to go on off the calendar everything right now. No, I don't Isn't that like an entire month where there's just like nothing coming out? That's basically March. Yeah. Yeah, March is like a is the sleep, sleep in move. March is. I'm sure there was Wu, like. Wu, Wu Lang? Wu no, Lang? There, so there's stuff coming Fallen out. Fallen Dynasty. But... No, it's you got like... Resi 4 at the back end of the month. July. There's Along like with not, Have like, a Nice Death. That's what I was thinking of, July, currently. March is still not that busy either. For you, maybe. 
<laughs> Fucking Resident Evil 4 is coming out in March, Moody. Yeah, at the end of the month, though. Are you lo- are you interested in playing Wu Long the Fallen Dynasty? I don't know. I need to see more of yeah. this game. So it's if by like, the guys who made, didn't touch that. It's by the guys who made Neo. By the people who yeah, made yeah, Neo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love Neo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But if that's a game you don't get straight into straight away, that means you've got one, two, three weeks before Resi. Quote unquote. Resi's not going to take long because I'm going to stream. And Resi's not going to take long. Let's just be frank here. That's like a two-day thing. I'm going to stream it in a couple of days. Yeah, 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 yeah. They put the I, might screen, I might play it with you. I'll put you on that screen and I'll just be like this. <laughs> then I'll pause here. Oh my God, this was so awesome. <laughs> and then he's like, no, it wasn't really. Shut up. <laughs> there was no tall vampire lady. One out of ten. When Resident Evil game. No, one out of ten. <laughs> time for it's Open Critic time. head-to-head. This is the game it's time. we <laughs> play every single week where we try to guess the open critic averages of upcoming games. <laughs> it's changed. Whoever guesses the open critic uh, score correctly at the time of recording gets a point. If you manage to guess the score correctly, just updating it, you get two points. Last week, we tried to guess the open critic average of Wild Hearts, the Monster Hunter-esque game that's not by... The people who made Monster Hunter. <laughs> I think it's also <laughs> by the people who made Neil. Um, <laughs> last, I guessed it would get an 80. Mooney guessed it would get an 88. At the time of recording, which I've just checked, Wild Hearts has an open critic average of 80. I did it. It does. <laughs> I got two points. It's been moving it all does. over the place <laughs> today. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I saw that. But uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's an 80. To be honest, I actually... Think it's a... Go on. No, you first. Apparently, it's a really good game, but it's like got a lot of performance issues. Yeah, which is a shame to hear. St- I saw the developer had uh, mentioned something about apologizing for the stuttering issues. I actually downloaded because there's a 10 hour trial with EA Play. I actually downloaded that on yeah. on Xbox because I was gonna. I was yeah. thinking I might actually have a look at this. Um, yeah. But then I'm like, oh, if I get it, I'm gonna get it on PlayStation because I'm gonna rent it and then I'm gonna have to start again. But <laughs> I don't know. It's a yeah. whole thing. Maybe I'll just subscribe to PS Plus just so I can have fucking 10 hours on Wild Hearts. Uh, EA Play on PlayStation for a month. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I was interested in looking into it. Like, But I don't know. Octopath comes out. It's like, am I really going to sink that much time into it? Who knows? But what this does mean, really, is Russ, tomorrow today when this podcast comes out isn't going to be a last place in fantasy critic anymore <laughs> Woo! <laughs> he's actually he's actually going to be above people because <laughs> he's got this team in his in, he's got this game in his team i was just looking up fantasy critic to see if anything had updated and i noticed that he's got this game so congratulations to us for finally not being in sixth place <laughs> even though some people haven't had games come out yet Mm. So that puts the scores of Open Critic head-to-head at Amy 3, Moody 2. No guests have scored points. To be fair, we've only had Scott on. And I didn't want to invite anyone last week. And I'm going to be honest, because of how last week went, I didn't really want to invite anyone this week. It's like it's kind of like it's just, just like the, the decompression zone. <laughs> yeah, I know that's how I can appreciate that. 
Completely appreciate um, that. So I'll, I'll start like trying to get people on next week. I did. Yeah, yeah. I messaged Vitz and I, I didn't really invite him on the last week's podcast so much as we just joked about it, like where I said like I don't want to put anyone through that. And he went, except Moody, and I went, except Moody. <laughs> Moody has to. <laughs> That's understandable. Yeah. To be fair, he fucking gave what for last week. It was good. I worry. I I did something I'd never do. Um, with a podcast, or rarely do with a podcast, which is like I rewatched that bit, yeah, again, and I was like, I was proud of us, hmm. which was nice. This week we're going to try and guess the upper crit average of two games because we skipped a week. We had a we had a double header bank, so I thought we could use it for the two games we were just talking about earlier, like a dragon. I still stand by. I still stand by. Sorry, for winning. I still stand You're by. That. The There's thing. two big it's games like, oh, like this. this I think we should be able to. I think it's like like putting in us one. If there's two big games like this, I think we should put both of them on again. We'll see. Forget about banking. I'm 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 tired of having this argument, so I'm just going to say I'm just going to nod and go. Yeah, I'll think about it. This week, the first game we're guessing is oh, like a dragon issue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure, I'll think about it. Like, like really, what do you think? Like a dragon issue is going to get on open crack? Bearing in mind, it's like uh, a remaster of, a, of an old. Don't game. you want to go first? Don't you said you always want to go first? Oh yeah, I'm just used to you going first. I'm so used yeah. to you going first that I just go, yeah, you go first, Amy. What do you think? Like Dragonation is gonna get? That's a good question, Amy. <laughs> I know, I know, shockingly little about this game. Um, I'm gonna go eighty-three. <clears throat> so, what do you reckon? Like a Dragon is a, a very popular franchise. It is. Last one, obviously, Yaku- uh, Yakuza, wasn't it? But this, so the last one. The different games, I know. Was Yakuza Like a Dragon? Yeah, 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 yeah. This is obviously Like a Dragon Ish- Ishin. Ishin. Um, Do, I'm going to stay above you. I'm going to go and play it safe, 84. I'm going to make you go first again if you keep just picking one number above or below me. <laughs> I can't help that you picked my number. Boring. <laughs> I was going to go 83. <laughs> but we're also going to do Octopath Traveler 2. So what do I think Octopath Traveler 2 is going to get? I don't know, like These games are getting... like. Oxpath Traveler, the first one came out a few years ago when 2D HD like JRPGs would just start coming in. And I feel like these games have getting, been getting more and more popular as as like the years have gone on. Yeah. Um, this is the one everyone's been kind of waiting for when it comes to this type of game because I know the first Octopath was very much beloved by a lot of people, by, yeah. a lot of, by the fans and everything. So this is the one like, I think like, like what was it? Like we picked like, we played... Bravely Default Bravely last Default year too. or the year before, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, and like we both enjoyed it, but it was like a game. Like I think we, were, I think even both of us said like we're kind of waiting for Octopath at the same time. Yeah, so it like, was like I a li- good, yeah. good, good appetizer or, I, uh, and everything. I liked Bravely uh, but, Default too, but 
Yeah, it went on a bit, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I remember thinking I was nearly finished the game, and then it was like, nah, sucker, there's another chapter. What? Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me? Excuse me? <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, like, um, Octopath Traveler has been one of those games where I think it comes, like, it's become more beloved the further on the further on we've gone. There's like more and more people get into it. Yeah, I'm gonna go 85 for Octopath Traveler too. Okay, so this is not my fault. I was did gonna I, originally pick, I pick it. I was gonna. I know. I was my number. I was always gonna pick was 86. Okay, that's fine. So I'll like, like I wasn't picking 85. I was going 86. So that's I'm just gonna stay it. That. To be but fair, people may not believe that, but I don't care. <laughs> hey, if it keeps happening, then we'll have a conversation. But like, not because yeah, I was. No, a, I'm sorry, no. <laughs> because because uh, coincidences only happen. Over here. No, it's like I was I was originally just gonna do an hey, yeah, it never fails. But then I was like, mm-hmm. I was tempted with Octopath Traveler, but the thing is, like this one, I think this 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 week it's gonna be very tight. Yeah. Yeah. I think like if they're cl- it's either going to go w- one of us might get um double points but also one of us might get uh, one of us could go score two points each here like two That'll points be for, Yeah like it could be very interesting how it goes here um, because I think they're going to be very close I think so too Watch this one's one set in the set low one's like and 60 ones. and one's like 95 and it's like okay yeah. they weren't close <laughs> They weren't close <laughs> um, No it's cool like I don't know it's weird like sometimes i think sometimes i think reviews and and this isn't me having a go at reviewers so much as the reviews process especially for games that are this length like reviews get put up when people play long games and either rush through them and don't appreciate them to hit their deadline or don't finish them and then make the review because of how busted up the the whole review thing is right like they don't get the codes for the games long enough so they don't actually put the time into the games that's why i think you see a lot of critical reappraisals of long games um yeah because then then people then actually do like play the games long and, and either play them to completion or play them like and actually appreciate them and go actually you know this is better than i thought it was but uh, that's not a problem with reviewers that's a problem with the industry um, also, just wanted to point out before we finish the podcast meeting, I don't know if you've read all four of those scores in a, in a line, but it literally goes 83, 84, 85, 86. <laughs> <laughs> Royal flush. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was funny. Um, yeah, so I guess that's going to do it for episode 339 of the Words About Games podcast. We certainly said some words and... I'd say like 80% of them were about games. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, not at all. 15% of them were about Star Trek. And 5% of them were about testicles. <laughs> so it's been a good podcast. <laughs> I would I just, say, yeah. I should just clip that last bit out and put it on Twitter. <laughs> I would. Um, and then everyone would be like, what the fuck are they talking about testicles for? <laughs> the perfect amount of testes. Zero. Do you have any final words for for me? For me, I don't want. No. Do you have any? You start that, don't blame me. You start. I did. I have a long history of making these kinds of jokes. That is true. That is true indeed. 
Very long indeed. Um, everybody, I hope everyone has a great weekend. We're coming up to the weekend and have a great weekend. It's all we're all pushing through, working hard. Just keep being awesome. And that's all I can say about it. Like you know, we love you. We, we you know who you are. You know who you are. The rest, you definitely know who you are. <laughs> you definitely know who you are. There's no doubt. Thank you very much. Peace out. Happy Star Trek Picard Day. <laughs> testies, baby, testies. <laughs> <laughs>